You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schistler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, hey, Ja. Glad to be back. Glad to talk some more Overwatch. I'm back in the game. Yeah, and I'm also here with Josh Kinder, also known as Kinder. Yo, 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 what's up? You already know who it is. It's your boy, Skinny Penis. Yeah, and today we do have a special guest. You may remember him from Prepare to Attack. He did several episodes, including Mercy, uh, Zenyatta, and Moira. We have Fu. Hello. Grandmaster of Watch Player. Yeah, I'm a 4.3K support player, a very experienced individuals coach, uh, done a lot of guide work in the, the podcast and such, and uh, top 500 uh, one or two times. Was top six Anna earlier. Thanks. I would have been top five, but ML7 just needs to have two accounts there. Well, you're, you're top five in my heart, man. You're no, number one wants. for me, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on to the show. Um, we're going to talk a bit about character balance a little, a little bit today, so we'll, we'll get into that. But this is episode number 116. We are recording on July 10th for release on July 11th. And like I said, we're going to be uh, talking about some character balance and, you know, Fu's thoughts on Wrecking Ball, a.k.a. Hammond, Brigitte, and Anna. We're going to get into all that. But before we get into that, I'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about Overwatch news and some esports and competitive, but the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. If you enjoy the show, you can keep up with us on Twitter at Watchpoint Radio, and we would love to have you join us on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And I would also like to well, um, you know, thank any returning listeners. You know, without you guys, we probably wouldn't be doing this every week. So if whether this is your first time you're listening or your 115th time, thank you guys very much for your support. And speaking of support, we do have two new subscribers on Twitch, Big Juicy Hog and Jiu-Jitsu Jedi. We talked about Jiu-Jitsu Jedi last week as well because he's a patron, uh, patron as well. Uh, Long time listener show. Same thing with Big Juicy Hog. Actually, me and, me and Hog end up playing, um, you know, quite frequently now. So uh, thank you guys both for your support. Uh, no new patrons, but we do have to make a correction, and this is my fault. Uh, you know, we've been referencing Carol Amudi as a she. Carol Amudi is a he, and we are very sorry for fucking that up. I try <laughs> to keep the pronouns down. I usually try to say they, but I forget <laughs> sometimes with a name like with a name like Carol. I just automatically doop, okay, that's a that's a woman. So I fucked that up. That is my fault. Sorry about that, Carol. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get into community feedback. 
First is an iTunes review from BlinkBoy90. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to review us on iTunes. He says, I downloaded your podcast not knowing anything about it because my favorite Overwatch podcast was canceled. I was really surprised when you started talking about things that the average gamer had to deal with, how the meta changes from rank to rank. You are all really entertaining, and I hope you keep going. P.S. I had a thought today. Seagull ha- is a Hanzo god that that the fuel force to let's see i mean am i reading that wrong that the fuel is a hondo god that the fuel force to play tank they forced him to play winston uh okay so seagull took the opportunity and became one of the best diva in the league in my book that makes him the realest player in owl i don't know if you'll read this but i would like to hear what you think on the show sorry and let me correct sorry taibu the dps is who they forced to play winston yeah they switched uh they literally switched uh, Siegel to Diva because of a bathroom break. Not kidding. <laughs> Not kidding. Okay. Um, does anybody have any comments on that about Siegel? Con- if you listen to this show, you already know that I'm not big into Overwatch. I'll, League, I'll just so say, that, uh, I feel like when a lot of people talk about like being someone really good, not uh, playing DPS and being forced on tank, should note that just because one hero's skill four might be lower, it doesn't mean that the skill cap is reachable. And an insane player will show on D.Va as much as they can show on Hanzo. So. Well, and okay. uh, like, and he did like they like, basically we were talking about this in pre-show uh, uh, Fu, like they made him like, he literally was swapping off, from Hanzo to Diva to Hanzo to Diva to Hanzo to Diva, depending on the situation. It was a really weird setup, but Dallas was arguably the best team in stage four, if and definitely one of the top four teams in uh in stage four doing this. But it's uh it is interesting. Um but yes, yeah, like the the everybody else but me doesn't really follow the overwatch league so we'll skip past it but one thing i do i would like to ask blink is what was your favorite podcast because i've had a few that i loved that were canceled i'm just curious if we liked the same one it was fragging out by the way fragging out's canceled (laughs) i'm just just wondering if it was the payload or if it was overview like, cause he did, well, he did talk about Siegel, but I mean, we don't talk about the owl here at all. So the overview doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm betting it was the, uh, I'm betting it was the payload with John Horstman who we had on the show here before. Yeah. Well, hopefully Watchpoint Radio is your new favorite Overwatch podcast. Yeah. will be after hey, this. Finger guns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or it won't be one of the I'll two. Make sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you like at least one of us, it's worth listening to to like him and yell at the others. Yeah, it's a long shot, but you know, one of us is likable. I'm sure. Hey, man, right? Geo yeah. loves job, loves to hate me, and it works out. You know, because he gets <laughs> some, he gets someone to yell at, and someone to praise while he's driving to work. So it's a beautiful thing. It's all in balance. Damn it, Bobby. So for- <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of the community feedback that we had um you know uh, we posted a question on our twitter account this week it says how did everyone's placement go uh did you use lfg for placement games tell us your story and we might mention it on the show if your story is longer you can also email us and the contact info is on the website uh no emails but we did get a few replies in tweets 
And we'll just go with the ones that we got here. Uh, one was from Spanky Hunter. He said he finished last season at 1738, and he went 3-7 in placements. He placed 1735. Then continued his three-month losing streak. Now it's 1638. It started when I hit a career high of 2538. It's been nothing but losses since. I've given up, and I used to sit in a gold about 50% with a win or with a 50% win-loss rate. Since that high, since that high, it's 40% or less. And he continues says he tried the LFG system, but when I play, no groups doing comp in my level. There are no comps. There are no groups in his comp level range. Uh, he says only QP and arcade. Ran to two guys who used LFG to lock in DPS, then queued up. Told us they can't change anything but DPS as they are hard locked. There's a bug in the system they found. Um, so regarding that, and that's a really good point. If you hop into LFG, an LFG group that has roles locked, and everybody leaves that group, you actually, like, whoever becomes the leader of that group, if it's you and a friend, or even just you, you actually need to go into the options for the group and change it. Or the easier thing, I guess, is just to just leave the group and make a new one. But that, yeah, that's something that they need to address, but that's what that's what's actually happening there because I had that happen to me like once before and um, I figured out, I, I figured it out. So you, you can get out of that, but yeah, it sucks to hear about your three month losing streak. That, that is devastating. Um, well, and he's to been, go from, I mean, when you say Spanky Hunter, you should say the Spanky Hunter. Cause he is like, he helps out so many podcasts and he's a great community member. He's a pillar, but he he's just playing solo like he he's he's been down on himself and he doesn't want to group up and like i've asked him why he doesn't group up and he just you know he's just kind of like he's like what and he's stuck now in silver and like silver's hard to pull out like it's really hard to pull out if you don't have like you know at least one or two other uh buddies you know giving you some sort of synergy like people are standing at spawn, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. Silver, like silver, is one of the reasons why we made prepared to attack. Like just our our experience in silver when we would play like our silver, our, our silver like Smurfs, and the fact it's just uh, like lack one lack of mechanical skill in some cases, but an overall lack of knowledge in the game. And even when I was helping Geo move from silver into gold, and then you know it was easier for me to you know help him go from gold to plat then go from silver to gold yep because it's it's really because tough you, i mean i think if you, you have to really carry uh, not carry yeah. but you have to really do a lot for your team because if someone's just yeah. standing there spamming like and they just don't know what they're doing it really hurts you in this game very different from other yeah. games once you get that low, a lot of the like quote unquote elo hellness is the massive amount of variance from like D ranker Smurfs who will either throw a game on purpose or hard 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 carry it because they're like diamond plus level players, uh, as well as an increased amount of DCs. Uh, in my opinion, the rank overall isn't that much different outside of it taking. Let's say if you're a gold player, it's like harder for a gold player to get out of silver than for a plant player to get out of gold. Yeah. Can I give some uh, advice for Spanky that would be useful for anyone in general? Yes, please. 
All right. So I, I feel like whenever someone gets into a big wash streak like that and they're trying to climb out, it's kind of the uh, Overwatch version of a watch pot never boils. Whenever you are looking at that number and trying to look at your SR, even though it's so fluid, you just hang on to each game and it hurts so much and you just can't help but get in a terrible mindset where you're down on yourself. And whenever you're feeling like sad or down, you just don't perform well. You're not like excited and energetic. I notice that for myself. Whenever I'm down, I just my reaction time slow. My aim sucks, etc. And then you don't want to communicate. You don't want to work with your team because you're trying to carry. So if you just set your goal to improve rather than gain SR and get wins, you stop really caring about those losses and wins so much because in the grand scheme of things, each win and loss is so small. Um, So if you just set metrics to improve and just make sure you're just getting better at accomplishing a goal on whatever hero you're playing. And then you might find your SR kind of going up over time as you get better and rank will be a lot less stressful. And I agree. I, um, I was going to say, Bob, um, whenever we started with our six stack, I know we talk about it literally all the time, but it's just, it's just the only way to magical. play the game. It was magical. I mean, we, we started our first night. It was awful. It was terrible. We were all just salty. I mean, it was just, it was just not good. We did play like we masters players at the Omniclab game. Night, right. So, Right, kind of well, set know, we got, we got for destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I got just I was playing Zed at that point. I wasn't even main tank. Oh, I still right. remember Squid Sword. Diva. And we we spoke among each, among each other, and we reiterated the idea that we are we're, we weren't playing for victory. We were like, we know we're gonna suck. Get on your alts. We'll still group up, still do our thing. Don't expect to win, but try anyway. And the goal being improvement. And lo and behold. Bob's well in the diamond. Uh, I, I crossed over in the high plat, you know, I mean, got out of an elo hell that I was in particularly. And I don't think anybody really dropped down and stayed there uh, in our group. So it's exactly what you said kind of happened when we got on our six stack. Yeah. And I even, I even performed better outside of the group just because of what I've learned with the group and how to play with the group rather than play as a one man carry, like playing with the group, not chasing Doing oh, that's a kid. Kidder's camera. His roommates walking around, like looking for something. It's really distracting. But moon the camera, Spanky. I would looking be, for your attention. I think he's finding it. Spanky. I would be interested to hear if you listen to a ton of podcasts, but you've never talked to me about prepare to attack. So I wonder if you've checked out prepare to attack, which Foo is one of our prime guys on it. I mean, he's been on like what five or six episodes. He's done every support except for Lucio, I think. I think yeah, that's Lucio an and statement. Briggs, since there isn't one. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's yeah. going to do Briggs. So, you, if you haven't checked Hopefully. that out, you should let me know. You should check it out if you haven't, because it could, like, it helped right. me a ton, man. Doing the episodes and, and listening to Jaws episodes really helped. Just unbelievable amounts, even on characters I didn't play. I want to get in right. on that Brig episode still, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Uh, but yeah, also, like, you know, I think I either brought it up last week or the week before last, you know, we have other players that listen to the show that are in the lower ranks where they're being, like, you know, higher bronze or in silver. So, you know, if we could, we could get people to help each other like that's also a good way to get out of silver like you know if you can get a silver sick uh, you know group together and work together 
uh, to pull out of that rank. That is definitely something that will help. So, I mean, I know, like I said, we have at least one other person that I know of in that range. Geo has agreed to help in that range as well. I'd help if I could, but I don't really think I have any characters in that range. Actually, no, I might have one. I can't remember. I think I, I might have placed uh, one of my accounts lower than I expected. So I've uh, maybe uh, fun. Bobby got like to plat last season, but he dropped out a little bit, and I've done really bad at placements. I'm pretty sure I could at least play the rest of my five placements with you, Spanky. Like, just uh, you have my Discord. Hit me up. I would be honored to play with you, yeah. brother. Yeah, and yeah I've got I mean, my alt account as well. It's not even placed now. I need to do my placement, so if you want to do that, you know, good to go. Yep, we are here to help. So yeah, just uh, just hit us up, and we'll see if we can set something up. Um, also, we had Mister Blue, who also gave us some feedback on. He says he went four and six in placements. Uh, me and my group are usually a four stack or around that number, so we used LFG and had a blast, even in a loss. Made some new friends and met mostly cooperative players. Very glad they put this into the game. Still mid gold, but enjoying the game. I mean, I think that that kind of reflects, you know, what's been going on with me in LFG. Uh, do you win every game? No. But even the games that you lose, it's not uh, it's not as uh, discouraging because at least you had communication with the players, right? right? You don't have half your team not talking. Uh, most of the time, everybody's always talking and giving feedback and, you know, stuff like that. So I... I agree. Even I've, I've heard some people who hate LFG like this. Some people are saying, oh, LFG is the worst thing that's happened to the game. I'm like, what happened to you? Who hurt you? Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, <laughs> Tell uh, me your story. I'll mention that because I did play LFG at different ELOs and I had different experiences for both. Um, but uh, I'll I'll hit that on your week of Overwatch. But I will say... Well, go ahead. We might as well. I want to hit on his thing, though. Him talking about even though they had losses, he still had a blast. Like that's kind of like what happened with us when we formed our six, like, you know, it was horrible the first night and like, like half of us almost wanted to quit. But like, then as we went on, like just not having to deal with the randomness of Q, it became more fun to just go ahead and lose. And then like, I went down to like the 2200s, you know, that, like we started halfway through season not nine or we're in 11. I started halfway through season nine and like, I went down to like 2200 something and then I just stopped caring. And then the next season I go up to three K like, you know, it, it was so it, it was, it was a really good experience to do that. And the LFG gives people that aren't as outgoing on the disc, on the discords and willing to go out and find, you know, f- you know, people to play with it gives them an easy opportunity to maybe make that group so i so i think it's pretty neat so but you guys had some experiences about uh about looking for group or do you want me to just go into mine you can go ahead first you know just roll so uh i did i have not done looking for group on my my main um but i have done looking for group on my plat account like low plat and then my gold account, which is like mid gold, I think, and I'm in placements. But Melarita was the group leader, or Missy Lulu, Melissa's lower account. And it's like 20, 2100s. Um, that was weird. It was really weird because, like, me and her queued last night 
tank and heal, and we did two, two, two. We locked it. We got we got like one guy that queued his DPS, but does he like what he got in? We're like, all right, what DPS do you play? Because everybody's got the stupid private fucking profile, and so you can't just look at what everybody knows. You have to just guess. And so we asked him. He's like, oh no, I play support, but I can play whatever. And it's like. Well, you just queued into our group as DPS. And like, mm-hmm. we're like, all right, well, we'll try it. Okay. And so we go in and we only did two games of of uh, this, but like Reinhardt, both games, I'm playing Ryan, Melissa's playing Mercy. Like she definitely is pocketing, you know, me as much as possible, like making sure that I stay up. But ended both, both games as gold damage and silver kills. And we won one, we lost one, uh, but it was just weird how that worked out. But then when I did my placements on the Platinum account, I did them as Ryan also, and we queued DPS. first. Uh, the first match, like <clears throat> Mel was on her lower account, so we queued two gold DPS, uh, and we killed it. Um but then she realized what just happened. So she switched to the other account to her plat account and we queued with that. And then we just like, we did like four, four games in it with uh, four of us. And we were looking for group for the two DPS. Um, and then I think, uh, I think you were there for one of those kinder. Um, uh, yeah, I actually was there for one of them. I think. Yeah. It, Maybe Jaw was too. I don't know. We had two other people. I think Thrill and someone else came in after and like spelled them out. But we we tied one, one two, and lost one. And I mean, it was a really good experience. So I don't know about doing it in gold, but you know, like maybe the fact that like I know a lot about the game, I'm expecting people to act in a certain way, and they don't act that way. So maybe. Or someone who truly is in gold, maybe it is actually really good. So that's my take on it. What about you guys? Uh, I actually haven't been playing a whole lot of Overwatch uh, this week. I've been spending most of my t- uh, free time talking to a uh, lovely lady. But um, when I did get on, I didn't play any comp or anything because uh, I'm rusty. Uh, like I like I said last week, I haven't really been on my game lately, and I I just haven't been consistent with playing. So I'm afraid to kind of jump in the comp and do those placements until I, you know, get my skill back up. Dude, uh, so be. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I know I should just probably kind of jump in and get the warm up that way, but I still wanted to warm up mechanics, uh, for a while the other night. Uh, so I got on and used the LFG to find a, an arcade group and ended up just having an absolute freaking blast in, uh, in arcade playing, uh, total mayhem and all the other game types that they had. And, uh, I mean, we were, we were just talking and going off. I wish I'd have been streaming it. It was it was great, but everybody was really nice, really cool. Nobody was really toxic about anything. Just really nice guys. I mean, I haven't really used LFG for comp too much, but just finding some dudes to hang out and play with, it was really fun. I had a good time. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I've been using LFG, and it's been like a like a a mixed bag. I mean, the, I, I'm just glad everybody's talking pretty much. That's the only, like, yeah. I didn't expect for LFG to uh, be the savior of Overwatch, but it definitely did ex- what I expected. Like, you're in groups with people, 
they're a bit more serious uh instead of just yelling at people and uh, saying toxic things people are actually trying to work together a bit more at least in the games that i've been playing and my characters they range from i would say like mid gold to like mid plat right um i only i only had like one or two games where we had somebody who was just being like toxic and not even like super toxic. Like they were just complaining. Yeah, I guess not even toxic. They're just complaining and nagging about everything. And funny, the thing is like, we actually won those games. Like there was one game where we played, it was a, uh, I think we played Oasis. We played the first map. We smoke them. The second map, we get wrecked. And then he's like crying and, you know, saying, oh, this, the DPS didn't do anything. It tanks, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And then we get to the next game and we just smoke the other team. And he's like, okay, good game, guys. And like, <laughs> you know, left. I was like, Jesus well, and Christ. The, like, but, um, and oh, man. Something that I, that I noticed in myself, like last night, you can watch it on my stream. It's at the end of my stream last night, like the last 30 minutes. But like, Literally, I chose to play tank, and we locked roles. So, like, I wasn't upset. Like, even though I was gold damage on 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 Ryan and silver kills, like, I wasn't mad about it. Like, I chose what to do. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we duo queued in, and this jerk's picking DPS. You know, like, I had only me to blame for queuing, you know, for queuing tank. And that was my choice. And it almost made it feel better, which is weird. Like, because there was no way I could change to DPS or support. There was no way I could do any of that. All I had to do was change within my tank class, and I did do. I did do a change at one point, switch to Hog when they had when we had an Orisa, and I mean it. Like, it felt better. I don't know if it's that weird, but maybe just because like all I could do was six choices, so. I didn't feel yeah. like as, help you make that yeah, decision. Yeah, I didn't of being feel like as overwhelmed. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, you just like you know, you said you you can still get those games where people are hopping into other roles because they just feel like the person's not doing what they're supposed to do. But when you have those roles enforced, um, then it's a different story. I know when I use LFG, if I make a group. Uh, the way I've been doing it is the first game roles are enforced. If things work out in the first games then I'll take the role enforcement off, you know, uh, that way we have the opportunity to move around a bit. I've gotten some really great. Have you? And I'll have G. Okay. So I should have had Mel let me run one of them. Cause I don't know the controls you have for the group leader. Cause mm-hmm. Mel runs the group. Right. Well, any setting that you set for the group, you can change later. Right. So if you, you know, if you change the types of roles you want, you can change that. Uh, after the fact, if you enforce roles on at the beginning of the group, you can change that so that you know people can flow a bit more freely. You know, so you know it, it works out. I, I think the LFG experience is is pretty positive. I do think it's interesting. Something I didn't think about is you know like you know Spanky Hunter said that in his Elo or in his in Silver, he's not finding any comp groups, and I find that very interesting. Uh, I didn't really see that being a problem in LFG. It's, so it's I kind how of, that's going yeah, I don't have a silver, but in gold, like gold's easy. So maybe silver, it, it might be bad it, there. Like It's just kind of the bell curve overall. Yeah. Like if you're in uh, like high master, grandmaster, there's just far fewer people. 
stick you with. And on the other end of the spectrum, silver and bronze, there's just fewer people where gold and plat is where most of the population is concentrated. It's going to be easier. Point. Yeah, I feel like uh, LFG is basically yeah. just I- like they clicked the upgrade button on the stay as team function that nobody used. Because it's it's the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. where, like if you go into LFG, yep, it's like queuing in a comp, except you can set some like uh, you can have like a prenup set and stuff like that. Some ground rules for a relationship. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you're just getting the same people that you would get matched with in comp. And then you can choose to save them after. And sometimes in comp, you get a team and you just roll face. Sometimes you get a team and you can't do anything. And that same thing will happen in LFG. Uh, and the difference is you can stay with your team, like the stay with team function. So I right. will say, though, the one difference in that is anytime I ever use the stay as team, it if we lost one, everybody mm-hmm. left. I have not seen that same be, be behavior with the looking for group. Like we lost the first one last night and then we went and won the second one or maybe that was the night before. But either way, we like one of the times I tried, we'd lost the first one and it it was it was ugly. And then we won the next one. So that was it. That was interesting to me because John, and I both thought that it would just be it just like the stay as group, like you make a team and then everybody leaves if you guys don't win. Well, as I remember, stay as team like very early on in stay as team, like everyone was clicking it. I never really used it, so I don't know if everyone would leave. And then, like as time went on, everyone stopped using it. So, like looking for group is like hot right now. So it's hard to have a good feel for like once it settles down, if everyone will just get to that point where it's like we I leave the second we lose a game, or I'm gonna stop using it because I keep getting bad results, and then anywhere but like gold plat range, no one can find a team or if people are going to get sick of the forced rolls and always turn it off, but because they turn it off, then you get trolls or whatever. Not to see. Right. Right. Yeah. I think either way, it's still, it's a good tool to have, right. You know, I think one of the biggest advantages of it was, is that you get to discuss before you even get into the comp match, what everybody's going to do. Depending you know? on your now, leader. That doesn't always happen. That doesn't always happen. Don't get me wrong. Like I have definitely hopped in the groups where, Nobody says anything until the game starts. But at the very least, you know what roles each person is going to play. At the least, you know. But I've had some really good groups where it's like, okay, well, this is the comp I'm looking to run. And then you can discuss whether or not you can run that or not uh, before you get in the game. And I just, that, I I think that interaction before you get into a game, like, I I think what I used to, what I was calling for before, before they announced LFG, um, which still would have been a technical speaking LFG, it was like a pre-game lobby, right? Where you hop into, your, even if you do matchmaking, you hop in with your matchmade group, you know, and you have a pre-game lobby so people can kind of discuss, you know, what's going to happen. And that's what LFG does. Does it put you into, like, a group chat, like partying up normally does? Yeah, it puts you into the normal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The normal yeah, okay. party chat. Party. And uh, it's really all on the the group leader, the one who started the queue to like do all that talking because the group mm-hmm. leader mm-hmm. can queue it as soon as everybody queues up, you know? So it, 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 I've, I have not tried it yet where I just queue into a group. I've only tried it where Mel is the group leader and we have control. So I don't know what it's like to not have control. Yeah. I, I right. was going to say not earlier. Bad. Oh, go ahead. 
No, no, you can go ahead. You I go was ahead. just going to, um, when you were talking about the stay as group function uh, after a game, because uh, I'm guilty of this too. Uh, not really, honestly, after losing one, just leaving. Uh, my reasoning, and I think most people's reasoning behind that was when you're in solo queue and you win, that's that's one thing. But when you win, at, when you go into a six stack game, you're against six stacks. A lot of time you're against six stacks that are very practiced as six stacks. When you stay as group, you're a brand new stack of six that has no experience or whatever. So if you go in and get smashed and just absolutely destroyed, you assume that, okay, six stacks not going to be good today. So you get the hell out of there and go back to solo queue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the same reason you just really didn't want to do six stack or anything more than three stack uh, for a while there. It was just because it was more difficult. Well, the stay is that if that's the case, the stay as team function may be more viable now since there's going to be so many more right. inexperienced six stacks. It's helped a ton, dude. The, the it's helped a ton. Does that feature yeah. even exist anymore? I thought they removed it. I have no idea. No? I think it's still I there. Know, it's still I've there. never I looked, but I've never looked at that button. I, I only look for that button. If my team did terrible, like if we did terrible, I'm definitely hitting that button just as a joke. <laughs> just as a joke. That's yeah. The, I am. That's what they. That, uh, Mela the, oh, says it's removed. Oh, well, go ahead. For you were gonna say. Oh, yeah, something. I thought so. It'd be weird. Like having LFG and Stay's team would be weird. But I am worried about it from a balance perspective at like the higher ends of SR because I I haven't done LFG yet and. I almost never see it, but then occasionally I'll just see a six stack. And I used to almost never see a six stack. And every time you see that six stack, it's an L. I think I'm like 0 for 7 against six stacks. Because uh, at that high SR, they can't find you a six stack and it doesn't give you like any SR advantage. So it's like right. the only difference is they're a six stack and you're a bunch of solo queuers. And Oof. oftentimes it's like top 500 players stacking and it's like, oh, well, they have yep. six top 500 players and where three it's... top 100 players and other grandmasters. Time to get rolled. Yeah, so I'm, I'm worried about <laughs> that. It used to be six yeah, stacking. Yeah. You would queue up a six at like, let's say 3,500 and it would put you against 4,200 solo queue players. It was completely like unviable. And now it seems like if you there's no balancing at all, if it can't find you another six stack, it won't give the solo cures an SR advantage. Just there you go. Mm. That sucks. Yeah, well, that was the it <laughs> was the silent change that you know your Overwatch and Overwatch Central claim that happened last season where it stopped doing that. And then uh uh Jeff Goodman came out and said this is how everything works, but he didn't state if there was any changes before he pointed out how everything works. So there's a big uproar about that, but like supposedly that whole SR stacking doesn't work at any rank any, uh, anymore. Supposedly they don't punish you for being a six stack now. Yeah. And that, that's brutal right. when they can't find other six stacks. Because it is an advantage. Yeah. It's hard to put a number like SR on how big of an advantage, especially since some six stacks are basically solo queues and some of them are like actual tier three teams that are queuing up for some warm up or something. So they can't find a scrim. And... <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the thing about that is like, you know, you, you're right. You can't put a value on players playing together, you know, like, you know, and knowing how each other plays. There, there's 
you know, a skill involved in that as well. That's why the podcaster six stack, when we had that, we sucked in the beginning and now we suck less because we were playing together, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and working and working together. So it's like, there's no head. You come we across still have that. Huh? Yeah, we're just, okay, so we're we just still not have regularly just on practicing it. We've taken a little <laughs> hiatus break is all. Okay. But the, you know, <laughs> okay. saying, like, it, you, you, you're playing as a team and you, and you go, you go up against other teams that you, uh, that you just, you know, that are not a team together. That's a, unless their skill level is that much higher. That's a problem, yeah. right? Like when I used to play, like when I used to play Counter-Strike years ago, we're talking Counter-Strike source and we were having a bad day and we want to just like, you know, fuck somebody up. We go play a pug. Because we were like, you know, when they get their six together in IRC, they come into the server, they get rolled because they don't work, they don't have strats, they don't work together, they don't know each other, versus us, we did. It was unfair, but we felt great afterwards, but still, <laughs> unfair. <laughs> that the days so, before that's that's like saying, I, I hooked up with, uh, with a high schooler, it was really easy and not a lot of fun, but I felt great after. Think of is that like a uh, parody news article headline of like Kanye West puts up 126 points against a wheelchair basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really bad. And I can understand like, you know, when you're playing in the, in the, in the higher SR ranks, that could be super frustrating because not only are they good. They're really yeah, they're, they're good. They're just as good as you according <laughs> to the SR system, but they have that experience together and they have the opportunity to like yeah. plan out what comp they're going to play ahead of time and they are going to have the right setup and then you queue in and it's like, oh, cool, we have three Mercy One Tricks, I only play support, and then we have two Genji mains. All right. Yeah, and I've See been how this like, goes. GG. I've been literally, I'm the highest SR I've ever been. Thank you, Reinhardt Meta. But like I'm sitting in like high 33... <laughs> 3300s now with like getting close to masters and like it's getting real hard and i can't imagine luckily this season i have not faced a six deck yet i can't imagine <laughs> facing a fucking six deck at that as hard like like it's just it's so much faster than anything i'm used to and it's i mean it's i mean it's hard to play more than like four or five games at a time straight because it's just so and i'm playing reinhardt i'm not even playing like one of the most you know, intensive <laughs> characters by far. So I can't even imagine what going against a six stack would be like for you. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing because like what 3,300 feels like to you, because it's like the highest you've gotten is like what the highest SR I've gotten feels to me. It, it doesn't really, I don't know if that's feel fast to me when I'm at my comfort SR. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, proper i don't know i don't know if that's a proper estimation because you're playing at such a higher level i mean like where i'm at like currently where i'm at is probably like top eight percent where you're playing at is top one to like 0.5 percent and the skill difference there is way different from the skill difference oh, yeah, from I'm, a gold player to a plat player I'm, i mean it's vastly higher yeah I'm, I'm saying it like in how it feels to play in if you are a like normally a like low diamond player and then you get to the highest you've ever been it's 3400 it feels super fast and you're barely keeping up that's how it feels for me when i'm at the highest sr i'm ever at and i'm putting a game with uh <laughs> like 
six top 100 players because they're all queuing at once. You know, it's still is yeah, it's the sense. same thing. But sense. if I'm playing at like uh, 12 o'clock when I normally play and there's like a bunch of 3,900 players, it feels like nothing to me because I'm just used to it, you know? So it, it's which I guess is what plan modesty like though. So yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that 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 definitely makes sense. It, yeah, it's just more a matter yeah. of when you're queuing up solo queue and you get that six stack, it's just a massive disadvantage, and you you don't sign up for that. And at lower SRs, it's no problem because they can find other six stacks. They'll put you in a longer queue. But at the higher SR, where you like, what's the solution? I don't know what Blizzard could even do. Make them wait for three hours until another six stack queues up. No, that's not going to work. Yeah. Put, you, guys... you know, SR against them. We saw that didn't really work. Um, put them against solo queuers. That sucks for them. So you, what do you do? You guys are honestly probably the like when Jeff Goodman put out all of those stats where he pointed out like, you know, this is the amount of games that a six stack goes against all solo players. Those stats that he got those times that a six stack goes against all solo players are probably all at your level or possibly mm. down in bronze. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Yeah, that's a good point. I just thought of that. Hmm. Yeah. I am kind of interested in seeing a bronze six stack versus bronze uh, solo stack. <laughs> I what is that like? There, uh, it might actually be I'm a curious. disadvantage. There yeah. is a really <laughs> funny YouTube channel that does the whole like three grandmaster players against six bronze players or like two uh, top 500 players against six bronze players. It's kind of a funny uh, thing. It, and like the better, like the better SR people don't always win. It's kind of neat to see how it all goes down. I, I, I don't <laughs> right. remember but if you just google i've seen those yeah, if you just if you just google bronze players versus gm players you will find it on youtube i, I want to participate in that but be the oh. coach for the bronze team and just like give them a strategy it's like <laughs> all right guys we're going it's full like russians, coaching them russians in world war ii against germany <laughs> where like pick the six heroes with the highest HP pool you could find to just run at them. They cannot <laughs> maybe, deal enough damage. Turn around you, so they can't headshot you and walk backwards into their spawn. <laughs> maybe you should be the coach for the podcaster's six uh, six deck. Hey. Oh, dude, like, that, that uh, there's like fun. seven or eight podcasts rep- represented in that one group right there. Sounds fun. Can help us all. Silence. Could be, I don't know if he wants to be uh, subjected to my terrible play, like he saw I on stream the other day. I just don't think there'd be a good enough system for me to see what's going on, so that'd be the the issue. Well, no, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you would have to watch vods of our scribs that we've only had two of. Mm-hmm. I know we need to do some more of those. <laughs> I think that covers LFG. So let's go ahead. We, uh, you know, we brought Fu onto the show. Because uh, I know he had some thoughts on some uh, some pretty popular characters right now. One being Hammond, aka Wrecking Ball, uh, some Brigitte and Anna. So let's start with let's start with Hammond. Let's start with Wrecking Ball. What are your thoughts on him as a I character? I want you guys to start first because I have I have the unconventional opinion. Oh. Well, I want let's see. Bob just stepped away. I want him to come back <laughs> because he. Uh, you know, he thinks that Hammond really won't be viable on on defense. I mean, you talked about that a little bit yeah. last week 
um, your thoughts on that. So I want him to come back and kind of explain that a little bit more. Um, I mean, as a character, because I, I hopped into the PTR, I played him, I played him a bit more, and I don't know, like I just, I think I have to wait for him to go live and see how enjoyable he is to play because I really don't see myself playing him more than I play the other tanks that I play right now. You know, um, I kind of enjoy playing main tanks. Uh, and I don't know, like he just, I, I think he, in terms of skill, you know, he's one of the, he'd be one of the higher skill tanks. Like anybody with like high mobility, uh, that has to kind of jump into the middle of a group, uh, to be effective. I think they, they're going to require a little bit of a, of a higher skill. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on Hammond yet. I still don't think he's what the game needed to be honest with you. I am waiting. I still want like an offensive builder, right? I, and technically <laughs> speaking, I guess that's Symmetra now. But I want somebody who actually I want something with somebody like an Abathur from Heroes of the Storm in Overwatch. Do you, you play Heroes of the Storm at all, Flu? No, I I played a lot of League of Legends, but never never Heroes. Alright, so Heroes of the Storm. So Abathur basically, he's like a character that doesn't really leave the base. You know, basically, he just looks at the map and he can assist other players doing things. Uh, uh, that's what he does. And I think an Overwatch character like that would be cool because right now, you know, you play, you know, if you do like a 5v6, that's not not a good thing. But if you had a character that can help in different ways, like maybe he armors this character up more, maybe he can speed this character up, or maybe he can give this character like a jump boost, or maybe he can do something that debuffs other characters, you know, I just uh, don't I see Blizzard cool. doing that because like, if you just look at their balance perspective, because their balance philosophy is clearly not balance only for the highest level play. Noobs be damned. It's yeah. clearly like we want to make it so that lower level players, top level players and everyone in between are as happy with balance as possible. So the characters that take the least skill to play are normally not super good. Because if they do become good enough, then they're hugely problematic. And the characters that are super high skill cap, they're usually countered by coordination. So, like, they'll be weaker at lower level play, but stronger because there's no coordination. Stronger at higher level play, but weaker because more coordination. Um, and if they do heroes like that, it just seems like it could be such a nightmare for balance. And they have to just... Right. Oh, I, I it knew, I knew that would be easy trying. to balance. They keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it would be, if they could figure out a way to do that, I mean, I don't, I, I'll be clear, I don't think they actually have a character in the works that's doing that, but that's kind of something that well, I would think would be really... There's a lot yeah, of Knowing people. Blizzard, Hammond was in, in development before Orisa was released, so... Right, yeah. It's hard for them to target the meta. They're, they're probably working on their next... They, like, have I mean, they probably have the character that's going to be released... Yeah, the character that's going to be released, you know, BlizzCon 2019 is in development. They have a bunch my, of characters. Yeah, my guess is they have at least four or five, like, in the works right now. I know in, in Hearthstone, they claim they have, like, the next two expansions finished when an expansion is released. It's like something really, like that. that. It's just nuts. I I don't I could be wrong. Maybe it's just when they release an expansion, the next one's done. But they said something like that. And I'm just like, geez nuts but anyway what do you guys think of him um all right well okay so i was away and you wanted me to explain what i thought so i think hammond for i think he definitely is a really high skill floor maybe like the highest skill floor tank 
I'm trying to think of all the takes like right off the bat, but like, he really feels like the highest skill floor tank yeah, because he's certainly the highest skill floor tank in my opinion. If that guy, like, if you're not good at it, it's gonna be like you're playing Genji and not good at Genji. You're not gonna get shit done. I mean, you're like you're that's like especially if you can't dodge. C C C C shuts him the fuck down. So I so I just like. I don't know how much he's going to get played overall, but like what I was thinking for the highest levels is he'll be extremely good for Koth and extremely good for attack on two CP or even payload because he can go in front and really just, just like stop them from even getting a chance to like set up a proper defense, especially if they're in a death, if they're in a death, death ball like if they're going up a defensive dive i don't see him being as good on offense but just overall i just don't think he'll be good at defense at all because his main role is going right up in into them so unless you're playing a dive d which people don't usually play like currently with the whole brigitte thing like so i just like unless it's a dive d i don't see how he could be effective on d uh, does that does, does that make sense? I mean, that's basically my thoughts. Yeah, I like, understand what you're saying. A lot of thoughts condensed down as much as I could, but there's so many different situations that plays into it, and different, you know, different comps that could change what I'm saying. But if we're going overall with the current meta that's in the game right now, I think he wouldn't be very good on D. He'd be really good on O, and really good on Koth, especially with his different places you can spin around right and as far as my opinion goes uh last episode i kind of talked uh touched on the idea of a force positioning meta and it's kind of i'm I'm still along that same kind of mindset you know with the interactions with him and the uh somber changes and nerfs and buffs and all that uh you know it seems like like i said last time there they tried to do something about the cc problem with uh the somber buffs and they still wanted some kind of good effective counter to this new tank that they have. And so Sombra's there. So Sombra's really kind of the yin to his yang uh, with the introduction of Wrecking Ball. And with the way that he dives in, he essentially is a bigger, badder Winston, really. I mean, he does the same job, essentially, that Winston does, but with more of an immediate, like, in your face, bam, impact, you know, whereas Winston, he get goes out in even faster. He, right. As long as it's and not Winston high goes grab. in and he tickle guns, the, uh, he tickle guns, your supports and all. And, you know, it's kind of easy to ignore him sometimes. And, you know, your supports can sometimes escape, but you play, play a good Winston, then not necessarily, but you know, it's kind of a samey, samey play kind of deal. Whereas you go in with wrecking ball, you command attention. It's like using monkey alt and diving into their team. Really? When you go in breaking ball, cause you dive in, you use your shields. You don't really act as a sponge with your shields up or anything. You don't act as an old sponge. You command attention with your fairly high damage, uh, main fire. And then, of course, you have your wrecking ball attack, and then you have your area denial. And you can get so out what of you're doing, much easier, too, with that whole defensive buff. Like, Winston has to jump out, <laughs> but he can hit that, like, 1,100-point 1100 uh, 1100 right. defense and then fly out even faster than Winston. 
Right. And a lot of what it seems like you're doing, yeah, you're doing the same thing as you do diving with Winston, but you also have the option to live a little bit longer and force positioning with the enemy team. So you get in, get that high health, and you force the enemy team to come come after you, or you force the supports into worse positioning, things like that. And then again, another character interaction you have now with is with uh, new Symmetra. So she has this new positioning tool in her teleporter. And just Blizzard has thought of these interactions and put them all together in such a way at one time. It's kind of impossible to predict what's going to happen with the meta. But I see what they are trying to do with the options that they have given us. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude, that's a really good points. And then my <laughs> argument is completely different about something different. Ja, you jump in before Fu, so we'll see if Fu can answer everything we talked about in his response. <laughs> well, I already. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Fu. I, mean, I, I already told. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, my. Uh, I already said my my piece on Hammond right now. I'm just a little confused as to where he's actually going to land you know we'll see but go ahead Phil. so i feel like hammond is the off-tank version of lucio not for any direct mechanical reason but imagine if lucio didn't exist and then they put him on ptr what would every single lucio streamer and player be doing Spamming right. wall ride, playing, going as fast as they like could, DSP diving spanky. the enemies in Yada, not ever turning heel DSP on or anything. Yeah, right. exactly that type of thing. And I, I don't so mean he, to interrupt you, but uh, I actually mentioned this last episode too. Another reason that seemed like that they made him such a wild, wacky character that has these crazy abilities is for the highlight potential because we no longer really get a whole lot of those YouTube videos, compilations with like crazy sick Genji or Tracer plays, things like that. And so the content has actually kind of gone downhill with the introduction of Wrecking Ball and his insane abilities, his high skill floor, his really high also skill cap. Um, He's such a crazy hero to play. So if you're really good at him, then you can just do so many cool, awesome plays with him. Whereas the other new characters like Brigitte is not really fun to watch. And Moira is not really fun yeah. to watch. Doomfist is probably the last one that's kind of fun uh, to watch. You guys are making great <laughs> points, man. I want to be argumentative, but I can't. I just agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just right. want to continue on mine. Because uh, any hero that's released on PTR Sorry. is going to like inevitably everyone gravitate to the flashiest thing. Like People were com- playing DPS Moira <laughs> and complaining that her damage was way too strong and needed to be nerfed until like a month into live everyone's like oh moira has damage i had no idea and is just <laughs> yeah. played pure healer worst damage so well hammond can do all that dive stuff and that's all super high skill cap i don't think it's reliable enough nor does it provide enough utility compared to winston or diva to justify him in a dive comp hold on hold on though. winston bubble hold on though i sorry i gotta step you there tell me why it doesn't because like Kinder made a really good point about how Hammond was better than than Winston. I want to hear your counter to why it like because Diva. I get Diva. I will agree with you, but mm-hmm. I do after listening to Kinder feel that Hammond is more powerful than Winston as far as uh what's the word I'm looking for uh you talk about it on Moira has none of it. Moira has attack and heal, but she has no. Utility. You, yeah. Okay. So tell me how Winston's utility is better than Hammond's. So yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is that Winston bubble is like the most 
overlooked thing in this conversation. It's humongous. Uh, as a support player at a high level, that bubble can just be the life or death of my Zenyatta. It or can Ada. place the bubble. Suddenly my Discord doesn't exist. I'm not dealing damage for five seconds, etc. cetera. Uh, if you're playing Anna, Winston bubble literally kills you for five seconds. So, because uh, you can't do anything through Winston bubble. So that's what that main tank provides. So like Winston's not going anywhere. Like he has to be run with dive in my opinion. It's a super and good normally point, dude. Normally the off tank is the hero that is the best at peeling for the main tank. Zarya's bubble is the best tool for peeling for Reinhardt. Uh, Roadhog's pressure and ability to force people away and prevent people from running through shield is the best at peeling for Orisa. And then Diva's the best at peeling for Winston. And I also can't see Hammond being justified in the DPS slot outside of some janky comps. Plus, it's so much easier to just hit shift on Winston, get it precise, than it is to set up uh, the pull, hook it out, get your momentum going in the launch, and get it pinpoint. I just don't see that being consistent and reliable. However, if we look at what Winston can like can do at a baseline, and if he's not doing like his craziest stuff, I think he's the actual new off tank for Orisa, because. Just what are the holes in Orisa? Like running through her shield is a huge issue. Wrecking Ball can just knock everyone away super easily. Uh, Farah is a big problem for Orisa. Hammond has some amount of hit scan to help with that. Uh, you could you lose out on the hook halt combo, but maybe super high skill cap Hammonds, if they could coordinate a dive, I see no reason why they couldn't dive in with Orisa's halt as it's going and put down uh, his slam on top of it. And putting Minefield on an Orisa Deathball comp would be just horrifying. So I really feel like you could just run that instead of Hog in a normal Orisa comp, and that would be where Hammond is strongest. I can't see him being run in dive. I would say that you could potentially even run him alongside a Winston in dive, though. Uh, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have the shield utility, and he doesn't have really any utility of a main tank. But he is... It seems to me like he's going to be very, very good at the actual diving that goes with dive. You know, the actual getting into the back line of the enemy team and doing damage and trying, uh, trying or succeeding to kill supports, things like that, forcing that positioning. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of really different uh, comps with that. You know, maybe even a triple tank comp. I mean, it's nothing like we haven't seen before. And it's certainly going to take a lot of skill and it's not going to be reliable at lower elos. Uh, but once you get people with higher skill, like at lower tiers, you can't rely on a Genji. Um, you can't rely on a Genji until at least Platinum. Well, I mean, um, I mean the way Genji I think works it's be the... is he relies on his team. Like Genji cleans up kills and mm -hmm. and focuses on dash resets. So the reason you can't get Genji to work in lower cops is because your team's not working. Uh, well, that's, I'm just saying. Uh, that's it's, my it's just, uh, curse of a high skill floor character is what i'm saying yeah but, yeah, but um, i mean i don't even think it's like i think it's a high skill floor but at the same time i don't think he can function like i did EQD tried to do the bronze to gm challenge on genji and lost his mind early on when overwatch started because he just couldn't get anything going because he couldn't get any dash resets because no one was doing at least half damage to the other people if he couldn't get out of bronze, he didn't know the secret uh, at that point. Just walk oh, no, up he, behind the team and then right-click them while standing still and they won't notice. Yeah, yeah, no. He, <laughs> he, he ran into his struggles around 
around Platt, and that's oh, when I he f- like freaked out. But but yeah, uh, but I was just to, saying the to... whole the Brazil GM challenge was a thing back then. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I think that the how it actually plays out at lower SRs isn't super important. Uh, I'm not one to like look at the Overwatch League meta or top level meta uh, extensively over lower level meta, but it always seems to get defined by it. Like whatever streamers are playing, that's what forms the public opinion even at lower SR. Like remember when McCree was like the must pick over Soldier right before they nerfed High Noon? Soldier was probably, I would argue, much better for like 80% of the player base if you didn't have that super high aim. But if you played Soldier, you would get flamed for throwing because you weren't playing McCree. And even if Hammond is like too hard to play at low level or a like triple tank Hammond comp is good at lower level when it wouldn't otherwise be, I don't think people are playing it because streamers won't be playing it. Um, and I it, and I will also point out, Kidder, you said Hammond would be really good with dive, but I, like attack dive, I don't know because... Hammond pushes people around and dive. You want you want your target to stay in the same place and everybody to pounce on him. So if Hammond's knocking them around, then everybody has to redirect what they're doing to make the dive work. I can't imagine dive without Diva. Defensive Matrix is just makes Winston is, three yeah, times is, as good. Even as bubble benefits everybody, from Matrix. Yeah. It just makes it right. so you can dive in. I mean, that that was like, the whole like thing we it, first worked on when we started the mm-hmm. Podcaster 6 stack before Season 10 with Brigitte started. Like, we were doing the dive, and you were working on when I jumped in, following me, and defensive matricing me. And, like, you know, that's what we were working on, and that was the biggest part of it. So that's a good point. For right. And, you know, like I was saying, there, there's going to be different cop. We're going to see meta changes we're going to see strange new comps thing new things that work and don't work and i'm really basing everything that i have an idea about on what the interactions between characters seem like they're going to do you know um i really don't know what kind of comp uh would work well with that uh one of the ideas that i kind of tossed around with a friend of mine was uh in the current kind of sniper meta that you have with hanzo widow uh, what if you ran a ran a couple of dive tanks and you dove with your tanks, had tanks that could peel out and get away from that, force the positioning, and then had your snipers clean up on top of that? But then again, you know, you have the problem with them just walking through the choke, etc. But um, you know, just different things like that. It could be potential ideas for how to use Hammond. It's just going to depend on how people end up playing him and where it goes. So yeah, with the with the skill four you mentioned, Bob. I feel like that's just purely dependent on what works. So if sitting in the back line with Arissa and literally just going back, bouncing back and forth in ball mode for 30 seconds is good enough to win fights, then he'll be the the easiest hero to be effective on ever. (laughs) But if you have to dive in to be effective, then he'll be the highest, like the the, like most punishing skill forever. And it'll be super hard to pick him up. So it's, it's, it's hard to say what a skill for is because has the potential to be super low or super high, just depending on what works in the ladder and what you have to do to be effective. Yeah, I was just thinking about it in terms with Lucio. You really don't have to wall ride to be effective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I feel like the skill floor is low, but the skill floor on Lucio is so much higher because of the different calls you could do, the boops. 
like using your sound cap. barrier. Yeah, yeah. The skill ceiling, like I feel like that's really high for Lucio, but the skill floor I feel is really low. He can get he can get a ton of val of value, not really know what the fuck he's doing. Whereas Hammond, if Hammond can't use that grapple and move around the map fast, I think that's gonna make Hammond pretty weak because he is very tickle gutty, just like Winston. Yeah, we'll see. But it could be that he just has to kind of sit there shooting and then when people get close, just zoom back and forth without letting go of the tether and then easy game. Get alt, put well, minefield down. Like, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. It can't be back and forth, though. It has to at least be in a circle to keep the max speed. Yeah. And you have to either do the arrow keys to do it or you have to do the moving of your mouse. I think that a lot of people that play Hammond will probably be putting their sense their sensitivity really high because it'll make it really easy to do those those uh, those those spins because at, at a low sensitivity doing the spins is a lot of arm like just moving constantly I feel like yeah. that's like the godsend for DPI switch yeah so uh, and that's yeah. another like thing relative that we're... Oh, relative aim will ball so you can have high sense and ball and low sense out right. cool. And, and that's another thing that we haven't taken to taken into account either. His ultimate is, to me, it feels like it can be huge uh, because it's a long-standing, very effective area denial tool that requires the enemy to sit there for a few minutes and focus fire a few things before they can really move into an area. Like it's, it's probably the single best tool in the game for stopping movement into a choke for for a good little while. I mean, you, there's no other thing I can think of in the game that can stop people from moving it's through an area long. for so long. Are you guys familiar with Treehouse Comp? Any of you? I don't think, I don't so, think so, actually. Okay, so Treehouse is kind of a colloquial name for a composition where you basically run on like point one defense and Arissa on the high ground with other various heroes and you just set up all right there, sometimes with like a Bastion or a Junkrat, almost always with a D.Va. Uh, I feel like Hammond could just imagine diving into Treehouse once they have Minefield set up. Because Dive was like <laughs> the way to beat it. Now, mm. uh, if any of you remember all a long time ago when Sombra was run uh, in high-level games, like let's say Point A Anubis, where you'd kind of hold high ground next to Omega, I'm just imagining specifically in that point running like a treehouse with Hammond and a Sombra. Oof. I, that, that would be so brutal because <laughs> like if he gets minefield, how do you deal with that? Right. And if you. Yeah, have that's, to wait, and that's a good point for him on D is his ult is definitely very D centric. It is not O centric at all. That's something I, I had considered. Yeah. Go ahead, John. You're you've been waiting for a while. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I think Hammond's zoning potential is, is overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah, because like they just want to go fast. Listen, yeah, when I, when I look, when I watch these videos of the analysis, you know, that you'll get on YouTube, and I hear nobody talking about his zoning potential. And I think one of the problems that everybody thinks of just high-level play, high-level play, high-level play, I see his zoning potential being a pretty big problem in, in plat and below because i've stated it before to win in a game in overwatch you don't necessarily have to kill somebody you got to get them off the objective 
and he is going to be pretty good I'll at give doing gold that. And, right. You know, like because that's because that's where be people run at Junkrat Bob's because <laughs> it looks shiny. Like, Who's shiny? That's that's the elo that I see people just running face first into the Junkrat spam into yeah. the choke. I think that's probably a better way to to put what I call what I was putting as a force positioning zoning. I don't know why I didn't use the word zoning. It's really the same same essential principle. Right. But uh yeah, as a zoning character, I agree with you. He he can be very good play yeah. correctly. That's why like well uh, last week I suggested that his tether, you know, only lasts for so long, right? I don't yeah, think it's be yeah. because it's it's just not it's I was really on Blizzard like yeah, like it's it's I I just I can totally see him coming into some points. Like um, I said, sanctuary last week it wasn't sanctuary. It was uh, it's Nepal. Is it sanctuary? It's one with the 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 temple in the middle. I think it's it might be called yeah. sanctuary. Um, I can see him coming in there. At Any the, of them on Nepal, honestly. Yeah, at the last second, putting his grapple on that middle thing and just moving around circle and knocking people out of the way. And if you're in overtime. Knocking somebody off the point may be just enough time for you to take that map, which, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just pretty cheesy to me. You know that like that that aspect is cheesy, and I'm 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 kind of anti cheese. Yeah, lactose cost. You know, so yeah, and a lot of cost points. It would be. It seems like it'd be exceptionally easy to get into cough, the air to do your awesome. slam without having to sacrifice right. anything. Yeah, and the, and the, that's the, I'm yeah. just. I'm sorry. I was like, well, when it comes to character balance, I'm in a competitive game. I'm, I'm just kind of like anti-cheese, right? I, I kind of want the characters to be balanced, and yeah, I want them to be fun. But when I see that infinite tether that can just infinitely go, you know, go around a midpoint, I'm not a huge fan of that. Right. But go ahead. I was just gonna say, okay. and again with the zone, the zoning potential on Koth maps, some some in particular with very small points. Uh, goodbye overtime. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you, you don't you don't not you're not going to get a tracer coming in there and contesting in and out of a point in a fucking minefield i mean it's just not going to happen uh even if they get two characters on or three you know they may not be able to contest the point for the minefield if nothing else uh it'll cause them to have an area about this big to be able to actually fight it and stay on the point over time um so that would be a good mm-hmm. defensive thing that you can do with him i, I just think his ult is going to be the defining factor of him for the most part and on the on the flip side his stalling potential on the other side of that is right. quite high as well if he is coming to the contest point uh he can get there <laughs> fairly easily or not fairly easily but if you're good enough he can get there uh he has a ton of health and can turn his head box off so that seems like it would be like next level diva of contesting points right. staying alive. So I'm not looking yeah. forward to that for some of the CP. Overall, I, I see him as a two CP nightmare. I just don't want to play Temple of Anubis. Some of the speed life. runs that uh, that some people have put up on on YouTube are just out of this world. I mean, it's like reminds me of mm-hmm. when they first made the Lucio change for speed boost and DSP Stanky was on a. Uh, was on Iken Vald going to the end of the level in like four seconds, you know, from spawn to the end of the level. Yeah, it was just, scroll wheel jump. Yeah, it's it just like <laughs> it, like it. Yeah, I d- I definitely have to agree with you guys. Like the whole I, that's something I didn't think about last uh, last week when we talked about it is the whole 
the whole the whole alt is a really big defensive move on Koth, mm-hmm. especially two two CP, especially uh, payload. I mean, really where anywhere the that zoning moving. is effective. Yeah, I mean, sometimes right. zoning will be better on attack with like a with like a Hanzo using hit. You know, like King's Row. I'm thinking Hanzo is going to be zoning better I than it, you know on attack at least better than. Uh, than Hammond, but that's a really good point you guys bring up. I think at least at like a higher skill level of play, Hammond can make in, like excellent use of his zoning potential on attack because most of the time, what you'll see on a on a payload map, once you actually like get the payload going, the whole team will push forward or at least their front line will and like control a choke point and prevent the enemy team from contesting and picking a good fight there. And him being able to just place a minefield. Uh, and then maybe sit menacingly in front of it while the payload <laughs> catches up. That could potentially be like we're gonna get a free fight worth worth of payload movement unless you guys want to like come deal with this minefield. So I feel like that could be high potential too. Uh, or you could just pop it once they dive the payload once the fight actually starts, and then that could just be a huge deal too. So I, I think his minefield has a lot of potential on attack, if not potentially more. Strangely enough. Uh, because on defense, it might be easier to deal with it from as the attacking. But right. as and, on attack, right. like say, let's just say Kings Kings Row, you're running up on point two. Uh, you can go ahead of your team. You can go place that mine that minefield right where you need to cap point two, and your team catches up, but their team is stalled by that whole minefield. And then you get the advantage at the choke. They don't get to hold that, uh, that last corner before you come around to take, uh, take point two. Like that's just one example I could, I could think of, but he's basically zoning people coming back from spawn, uh, to set up a defense against you. And you actually get, more time because Hammond runs up there and drops the alt. Right. That's not a good point. I think he might, uh, he might be a lot like Doomfist in certain ways where with like Doomfist, like if you play DPS and then you go to Doomfist, it's like, forget everything you know about DPS. You're not playing Overwatch. You're playing Doomfist. Now. <laughs> uh, and on top of that, Doomfist, little, like you could argue like how high his skull cap actually is. There's a tremendous amount of just memory in Doomfist and like finding out what's optimal. Like Doomfist was thought to be terrible for a long time once he couldn't reliably like kill everyone with his right click every time. Uh, and then people learned, oh, you can just uppercut someone and they're dead every time <laughs> if they don't get helped. And I feel like Hammond is going to be a character where a month from now, everyone will look back and be like, oh, well, this is how you play him. And it, it, could, it could just be some simple little combo. It could be some way to use Minefield. And it'll just become like new common knowledge. And we're talking about it now. We have no idea it exists. And we're going to, everyone's going to look at us like we're idiots. And I don't know, we probably are. So Watch something that we've said on one of these podcasts, we've talked about Hammond's going to come true. And we're going to have, we're going to have another Jostradamus episode. Yeah. <laughs> or Josh Stradamus, one of the two. Someone, or Bob Stradamus. Yeah, the Bob Stradamus I'm just gonna call them out. The Brigitte episode where I literally called like every move she had before they <laughs> released it. It was the best thing I ever called. The Josh Stradamus is what he'd been asking for for like two years. They finally put it in the game. <laughs> two very different Damases. <laughs> 
Imagine yeah. if someone a month from now is listening to this podcast. Like, why would you ever put Minefield on point <laughs> when you can yeah. do this? How did how do you not see this? Yeah. That's why. Well, if they listen to this a month from now, yeah, that's guys, why we wait up. so long to do the prepare <laughs> to attack episodes because we want to be right. We want to be right for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, prepare to attack is we we want to give out the per, the the definite correct information. Watchpoint Radio can flex a little bit. Yeah, yeah this is a spitball and like what Speaking we of prepare to attack. The one that yeah, hasn't been opinions. done yet. This like oh the Brigitte, prepare yeah. to attack is tutelage. Yeah, so yeah, let's move on to Brigitte because uh, yeah, I know uh, you know for you had some opinions on her kit that aren't very, you know, you're not really hearing anybody talk about, like, you know, yeah. how to actually fix Brigitte. Brigitte's the type of thing where, every, like, everyone can identify a problem, and then they just, like, reactively feel why without understanding the intricacies of it, so they just, like, I, I feel like most people aren't calling for the correct changes to her. Like, I've seen a lot of people, again, talk about, like, how Brigitte counters Tracer because stun, when it's it's, like, playing against McCree, but slightly easier. If you just look at the numbers generally, same range done, except she can't contest you if you're farther away than that. Um, right. And you're not trying to kill her, but Brigida does counter Tracer because armor absolutely destroys Tracer from rally repair pack absolutely destroys Tracer and then throws armor on top of it because screw you. And the, the, the stun is just like icing on that cake. Uh, so I feel like the big problem with Brigida and a lot of new players are especially getting crushed by her is because they don't realize that she doesn't do anything until you're right up close to her. But because she doesn't do anything until you're right up close to her, you have to make her strong when you are that close to her. So Blizzard's in this spot where either you have to make her feel really oppressive in melee range, uh, or let her be incredibly underpowered. So I think changes they need to make to her would be pushing her, her range and mobility up while reducing her brawling potential down. Um, okay, so let me tell you the two reasons why I love Brigitte let you roll with that or let anybody roll with that. Um, so the reason I love Brigitte in comp and in my life Hold on. We'll start with we'll start with why I love her in the OWL. Why I love her in the OWL is because she single-handedly in different games in stage four took Sabiobi, Striker, the best tracers in the world out of the game. Literally took them out. Uh, uh, Agilities on the Valiant and Mickey on the Dallas Fuel both destroyed Tracers. Literally, any time they tried to play Tracer, they got screwed. They lost the match. They didn't try to play Tracer the next uh, the next map. That's why I love her there because she really diversified the meta. Where the meta was basically, if you didn't have a good Tracer, you didn't win Al games stage one, two, and three. That was just all there was to it. Um, the outlaws were a little bit of an outlier in stage one, but that was it. That that was the rule. So that's why I love her there. Now, in my life, Kinder knows, I know, we both play Brigitte. 
we don't counter every tracer. It doesn't happen. Like they stay, they no. stay away from us. We don't get the stun on them. We don't mm. get the the perfect left click, then sh- then shift to get the kill. Like we don't get it every time. We get it sometimes, but definitely not ev ev uh, every time. But the reason I love her for our lives is because she gives a DPS player a reason to play support. It's kind of like Zen, but with less skill. Uh, skill cap like i could definitely do better just randomly on brigitte than i can on zen zen i have to really really be on top of my game and positioning whereas brigitte i can be a little bit more lax that's why i love her there because it just put another support in the game that dps were willing to play if that makes sense so those are the two the two i could talk about brigitte for for days but like those are the two main reasons that i love her I figured I, I figured I like you were gonna say you love her because oh go ahead. I was actually she's, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I I think she's the tank support. People were calling her DPS. I like kind of uh squint but at she's someone DPS is willing to play. That's what I said. I are I they, didn't though? say she was a like tank. normally DPS are like we only play aim heroes and I'm gonna play Ana when I'm main healer because I don't play those no aim heroes. Uh and Brigida like requires less aim, arguably, than Mercy, because you don't have to like click around people to get the su- precise heal like as quick as possible. You just hold down LMB and wave a, a baton at But them. she makes you feel like you're getting shit done. Like uh, a True. player that normally plays Junkrat's gonna fucking love Brigida. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I figured you were going to say that you love her because support. she was such a good Ryan support. Like she had such good synergy with your Ryan because we freaking knew you and I, when we as play, as long as I'm like, Kinder, Kinder, house. Kinder, stay with me, stay with me. You are my support. I'm always literally right behind you, Bob. Shut up. I know it's because I'm telling you to be. Don't forget. Don't, f- don't forget. Bob Kinder. Charges oh, yeah. Somebody dude, across yeah, the yeah. charge. <laughs> oh, by the way, I wanted to clear that up with you, John. You said. Uh, the other day I was like, oh, I did that on accident when I did a charge. You're like, you do that on accident a lot. Yes. I don't ac- I don't <laughs> accidentally hit the button. I do it on accident in my head. Like I'm like, oh, this is a good charge. And then I I, I accidentally think that and I charge in. It's not that I accidentally hit the so button. You accidentally no, make the decision. My, it's my decision making to make that a was mistake. an accident. Let me let me clear that up for you then. That's not an accident. That's bad okay. decision. True, making. true, true. Okay. So, so I, I, yeah, like I should say bad what? decision instead of that that was I an immediately accident. regret this yeah, decision. Do you know off the top of your head uh, what the like charge time for Reinhardt charges like before you actually start going, but after you press it? Uh, 0.5 seconds. 0.5 seconds. I, I feel like we need a new like scientific name for 0.5 seconds. Long fucking second time. Be its own unit because <laughs> it's the it's it's the it's the window of regret. Yep, it's, it's where you're sitting there and you're going, no, I should have done that. Oh, can I can I turn? Oh, no. Can I hit a quarter? Before can I hit a quarter? You have to deal with it. Yeah, I do that a lot, man. That's like, oh, but yeah. I mean, I don't like I don't charge in. Like, don't let Jaw fool you. Like, I charge like ten meters normally. Like, I don't charge thirty meters like the gold bars, like rides. But like, I charge ten meters Literally on the wrong the time. time. Like. You know, King's Row, that first, you know, choke. I'm trying to hit the Zarya and I charge into the statue from choke, which is about 10, 10 meters. 
but I miss, and therefore it's a bad play. I hit her, it's a good play. It's 50-50. Sometimes I do hit her. That's how statistics work. Sometimes it happens, sometimes, sometimes it you don't. Do not. Coin flip every time. That's 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 what I try to I just try to tell new Ryan's like just don't charge 30 meters. Don't give them that long time to shoot you. Like charge 10, but even charging 10, you can definitely get out of pos- out of position to where your healers can't do shit for you and you can't Wait, you know, we, you go into the team are we talking and about Brigida? boom. Yeah. I, just, I, I mean, you, you hear this line all the time, Bob. Oh, oh can't save you, Bob. You're done. Bye. <laughs> yep. And like some of the times I'm like, Mel, don't follow me. No, no, no. Leave me. Leave me. Leave me. She still somehow gets the <laughs> fucking Mel is res actually off. Yeah, crazy she... with mercy. Some of her resurrects are <sighs> dumb. Somehow she gets them. I have yeah. no idea. And, she should and die that's regularly. The same thing. She, yeah, that's it's... the same thing I deal with with the Ryan charges. She deals with with that, you know, and like sometimes it works out. And sometimes it doesn't, but like you need to remind yourself not to do it. I literally have a mantra, Bob, don't charge. Like it's literally what's going on in my yeah. head as I go in. <laughs> and like if I didn't have slogan, the, Bob, don't the, charge. the mantra, I would do it 50% more of the time. You know what I mean? Like I literally have to like stop myself from hitting shift because I just want to, you know, like it's just you want to do the most for your team. And that's where. I don't know who I was talking about this with earlier, but that's where you have to learn not to carry and to play as a team. Yeah, I, I've I've been one tricking Anna on an alt account, and if I were toxic and got muted, it would be Blizzard be like, "You have been punished on account of eight hundred Reinhardt players being told to unbind charge." <laughs> it's like that'd be 80% of what I say. Right, unbind charge. Just stop doing but, it. Every single but, fucking stop charge. But foo, like let's 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 clear that up for the people that are lists oh, yeah. that are lists that are listening. If you don't use charges, right? If you're not getting effective pins, you know, like if you're not getting one every other fight, you're not really being an uh, an uh, effective ride. Like unless yeah. you have crazy, unless you're running triple DPS and you're like you're you you are the only tank, you know what I mean? Like if you're not getting something, you're not doing it right. You just shouldn't be doing those crazy charges. Yeah, charge is an ability that is absolutely like powerful, and you need to use it to be good. But I, it's it, it's the like biggest offender of abilities where you so often be better off just not using it if you use it badly where i just i've had so many games that were easy wins and our ryan just won't let go of the shift key and then he could just hold right click (laughs) and when it breaks just stand still and then we'd win the game but he has to charge in (laughs) and then curve around a wall trying to collide into something so i can't heal him anyway brigida that's the shit Um, i really (laughs) literally never tried like i literally tried 10 meters 10 meter charge is what i Mm. tried to do Okay. Let's so yeah, what I Brigida. would do with her, uh, <laughs> I, I've said this before and I got terrible responses, but I feel like a lot of people didn't really read into it. I would lower her charge cooldown, whatever that ability is called, shield bash, uh, back to what it originally was. I would make it longer range, but I would reduce the stun duration to like 0.4 seconds from one second. So you could only get like one shield whip or one melee off. You couldn't like combo kill off of it, but it'd be more usable for mobility 
doing that uh, shield bash buffer jump that you can do to get about like nine meters or so. Um, and then I would also make it so that her ultimate is a lot better overall, but gives barrier instead of armor. So it decays. So I would give it like a longer range, a higher rate, and maybe give her like a charge of repair pack or something. So that barrier is good in fights and isn't just like pop it between fights. Now my team has armor. Hooray. Like you actually have but to decide. But then you would have, it. that would basically be a drop the beat and that would conflict uh, heavily with Lucio. That's like I don't saying see them transcendence doing that. is like Valkyrie and just another version. Like drop the beat is 500 barrier like this. Getting 60 barrier a second or like 45, whatever the balance number would be, would be completely different dynamic than just popping it in reaction to preventing damage. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. Like the same way, like Transcendence, you use to counter Dragon Blade. Valkyrie used to give your team an incremental advantage over a long period of time. My, and it'd, be the, right. it'd be the same difference there. My beef is it with that. Like, I, I actually don't see a problem with that at all. It's the first thing you said where, uh, where you couldn't get the you couldn't get the two moves off. If you do that, then she no longer hard counters Tracer, and Tracer goes back to ruling the Overwatch League. And so see, that's the thing. Like I that like I just don't want to see that. Like it was just extremely annoying to just see. But remember one the first player. part of this conversation. It's now a longer range. So Tracer has to respect it longer. And if you're at OW level, uh, Tracer that's stunned for 0.4 seconds is headshotted by Zen. So if you have that team right. coordination down, you can still kill that Tracer. And the repair pack is still going to be super good against Tracer uh, and et cetera. So yeah, that's I was going to say, point. yeah, the first but part of the conversation with Fu, that, that was uh, the shield bash was kind of the least of her concerns. Everything else is still in place. But my biggest problem with that is that her CC ability is really more valuable for stopping other abilities and ults. Uh, being able to stop, what, half the ults in the game mm -hmm. every four or five seconds? Ryan ult. That's uh, with a longer range on it, too, while you're shielded is kind of tough. I will, say, I will say, theoretically does the same thing. I will say Brigitte stopped me from hammering down the first two weeks that she was in a ton. She hasn't stopped me from hammering down for this entire season so far that I've been in. Like, I mean, like she hasn't stopped me hammering down in a long time. So that is something that I was able, you know, you're talking about her canceling, uh, ultimates like that is something that i learned fairly quickly within a couple weeks of playing against her right and with roadhog's hook he has a he has a wind up and a you know a long throw for distance which you know that's fair uh whereas her ability doesn't have any wind up it's just yeah. bam instant you know yeah, yeah, but i mean yeah, but yeah but I, his, I get what yeah, bob's saying too the, ca the counterplay is like there this goes 30 meters hers goes yeah i mean seven, you have the wind up and it's uh it's the counter for the distance of it i mean it's it's a balance yeah so i i just think like it wouldn't like make her useless like if it didn't interrupt anything like <laughs> how would you even play her but it would just make it feel right. less oppressive when you get stunned for that one second as say like reinhardt and then you just get blown up uh 
or it's like super easy to react and then shatter the Reinhardt when he gets stunned. It would require coordination. But at the same time, it would make it much easier on the Brigida to like make the decision to peel for her backline by using her longer range and her longer mobility bunny hop. Uh, and it would also make her ultimate better because her ultimate, let's be clear, in my opinion, is terrible. Like it's not powerful outside of the interaction with Zenyatta and Zarya where they have armor under shields. And during a fight, like thir- like what is it, 30 armor per second? Yeah, I mean, and nobody, yeah, no, uses. nobody uses it during a fight. They use it preemptively so that she can be building another one while they mm-hmm. engage in the fight with the extra armor. And that uh, adds even, artificial. Sorry, let me do that. No, no, I was just, I was just saying, even after the change from 150 to 100, like everybody still just groups up and does the armor buff. I will say though. The armor buff really hurts characters like, mm-hmm. like Reaper, like Moira. Like I really just wish they'd take armor out of the game and just have shields for everything. Because like armor is extremely con- confusing for a lot of people, and for good reason yeah. because it doesn't make it, it 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 just doesn't make obvious sense to someone who's new to the game. Like they don't mm-hmm. understand that Roadhog has this many. Uh, pellets that each get impacted by the armor but widow has one shot that only gets impacted by a little bit by you know by by the armor and moira does half damage to armor and so i feel like armor is a big problem for a new player in overwatch yeah i'd agree to an extent but to be fair that is kind of intuitive because if you think about it like a like low caliber high fire rate submachine gun would be affected a lot more by armor than a 50 cal sniper, which would just eat through it. And the same goes for any like low damage thing, like armor would be more effective at stopping it. So it kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Like, and you and I see the same way. I'm just talking about the masses and how they see Mm -hmm. life, you know, and they don't understand that shields don't give you any ultimate when doing damage to them. They don't understand that armor is impacted by each projectile. You mean uh, barriers like Rhine shield and stuff, not like the shield health? When you say that it doesn't give ult charge? No, no, no. I'm not talking about Rhine. I'm I no, I'm 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 not talking about shields. I'm talking about armor. No, you said like they don't understand shields don't give ult charge. I just want to clarify that you're talking about when you said that you're Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Shields like Zarius shields okay. like gotcha. uh like uh uh um hammond's new uh, ability like you do damage to the shields you get no ult charge for that yeah i just wanted but, to but clarify like, that know, so people like, didn't think like shooting symmetra or zenyatta doesn't give ult charge because they have shield That's yeah it. but like people don't understand that it's just kind of it's it's just kind of non-intuitive and just kind of confusing to a new player to us it like it makes sense because we just know it you mm-hmm. know what i mean but to a new player you try to get more people into the game it's really confusing and you know if you're going to have one extra health type just have one i feel rather than two different ones that react so differently from one from one another i think the advantage for balance of armor as like reinhardt winston diva type stuff kind of outweighs that but i would agree that we want to like limit adding armor to the game for a big part of that reason and also the problem that it 
so disproportionately dumps on characters like Winston or Tracer versus Hanzo or someone like that. So like changing, I mean, Hanzo and Widow like aren't hurt by it at yeah, all. Yeah, barely care like, unless they're Moira, shooting a three hundred. So many character. characters are hurt by it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if right. we had Brigida's ultimate have barrier, it would do nothing in between fights because barrier decays. Um, I'm talking about Lucio or Doomfist, dark blue HP barrier for anyone who uh, doesn't know that. Uh, if it gave that, you would be forced to use it mid-team fight. But if you did that, you would have to buff it because armor is way better than barrier and Brigida ult's already terrible if you use it mid-fight. So maybe give it an and extra charge Sabra of repair pack. can't take out armor, but she could take out shields. Yeah. It, it, and then like double the rate or maybe 1.5x, maybe give it uh, definitely give it a higher range, maybe give it some other benefit. Just make it something that you pop in a fight because that's what ultimates need to be. Any ultimate that you use should be, I'm going to use this during a fight to win the fight, not I'm going to use it just because it's off cooldown and no one's fighting. That's just not interactive, yeah. fun, or anything. It's, it's, I don't know. That's kind of how Hammond's all I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's yeah, we, true. Will, we will see. is the only one I could think of right off the bat. Sim that used you to be, would but just isn't. use in spawn. Mm-hmm. Oh no, uh, Symmetra's teleporter yeah, was like was. that. Okay, yeah. Use that and they removed it. Old, yeah, old telly, you could yeah, use. They did. But they you did. couldn't <laughs> use enough. it in spawn. You had to use it on location. It just puts something in spawn. Any right, other but it wasn't a fighting ultimate, ability. Yeah. Do you use it spawn? I mean, he does He does make a good point with that. Although I think that's, I, I personally think that's kind of cool. Like that you have that different interaction. And I was blown away when. Death when when death blow first hit that when we were first playing with Brigitte and I was like oh you custard you know fat figured you're old uh-huh. and he was like no this is what we're supposed to do and I was like oh that makes sense dude okay <laughs> yeah I feel the novelty yeah, is kind of like, worn off though and now it's just I like playing Brigitte you basically just don't have an ultimate and it feels lame like even using mercy ult's fun like transcendence is awesome to use. Uh, barrier is obviously off. Awesome to use. Nano boost can be super fun. Any DPS ultimate's crazy. Brigida, just in between fights, you hit Q. Whether whether or not yeah. you don't even have to look at your alt charge, you can just be oh, it's in between fight. Hit the Q button. Nothing and happened. Whatever. And it'd also be a hit another- nerf because the way that works, normally you use an alt in a fight, you don't get alt charge during that fight, for the most part. With Brigida, you alt in between a fight, and then you can charge it in the next fight. Use it again. Charge it the next fight. Use it again. Just over and over. And also, you know, something you just reminded me of too is if you're playing a duo queue or solo queue, talk like Kinder talked about this because he did a lot of solo queue as Brigitte and talking your team into standing in one spot to get the freaking buff is like pulling fucking teeth in plat and below. Oh, there's also a weird thing with it where if you like, let's say you like stand on the payload and everyone else is around you, it seems like no one else gets armor. Where if they're like one oh, meter dude, below that, you, that definitely is like happen. a bug. Yeah, it's that is definitely like I, if I'm standing on the cart, I don't get her her armor. I've noticed that for a long time. I just hadn't never pointed it out. But yeah, I've, yeah. One time I popped Brigida ult on a staircase. Huge mistake. If you think Ryan Shatter on inclines is messed up. <laughs> Try giving anyone armor when everyone's on a staircase and you're trying to explain, oh, I think it's bugged. No one's getting it unless they're on my exact level. Everyone, like, group up directly on my stair and no one 
Or for anyone. <laughs> yeah, they gotta they, they gotta tighten that shit up. <laughs> I mean, it probably has a lot to do with the. It's a plane um, instead of a sphere, like other AOEs. Right. Exactly. Like they need to kind of get that together. I know, in terms of Ryan, they are, to my knowledge, they're kind of rebuilding the cat, rebuilding the character from the ground up. Uh, and I don't know, maybe they need to work on some of that with uh, some of their alt systems. And that'll be helpful, but yeah, that's that's a huge pain in the ass. And the thing is, a lot of people wouldn't even notice, mm. right? They wouldn't even notice that it's not working properly. Yeah. Um, so that's an issue. All right, so uh, you want to you said you also had some thoughts on Anna recently because you know everything about Anna's kit says that it should not be working in the current meta. What I is just it wanted to point out to Fu. Me and Fu did the uh, Moira episode together. You just reminded me with this, but uh, remember Fu? I told you. I thought Blizzard would change it to where Moira couldn't heal through shields. And they did. Oh, all right. <laughs> hey, man, I got to take my small victories where I can get them, man. I love, I You're love right. Fu, and Fu is way smarter than me. I don't remember me, if I was but, wrong, but you were right. But, <laughs> and that's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh, I've got it. I have no idea if I agreed, disagreed, or Because I recorded the prior. <laughs> I recorded it before we started, so I've got it if you want to hear it. Okay. So, like I was saying, like everything about Anna's kit right now is telling us that, you know, she shouldn't be that useful in the current meta. But I know I've been seeing a ton of Anna's in play, and you've been playing Anna more frequently. And it's not like they've been picking, people have been picking Anna and been doing nothing. Like she's actually been quite effective. So, uh, I think it's kind of the system where, like, Anna's main predators on ladder are largely unplayed. So we're kind of peeking out of our foxholes and venturing out into the world a bit. Like, we're still, like, bad and underpowered and it's super hard to make value. But it's much less hard because Tracer isn't there to completely delete you if you don't get help. Winston isn't there to hit E and make you irrelevant until it's gone. Uh, and all of that stuff as often. So, like, if there's a reason Anna's not being played as much, it's just kind of, cool, like, a product Death of the Ball. meta being a little more favorable towards Death her because her counters aren't. Right. Yeah. That and the prevalence of Zenyatta, too, because she is a hard counter to us all with her grenade. Potentially. It's it's super hard to throw that grenade. Super like, hard. You want, like, the second, yeah, I mean, the like, second best thing for dealing hard, with it is, like, Rhine Shield. If it wasn't super hard, then Anna would be better than Mercy in the Hanzo comp because you could just, you could just make it so they couldn't heal and Hanzo's ult destroys everybody. But the reason it works is because mercy putting the damage boost on Hanzo. It's a lot easier to coordinate than the Anna. Sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to butt in. I'm not sure about that. That'd definitely be a factor, but yeah, like the second, like the second worst thing to like try and Anna grenade against this is barriers. The first of which being your teammates, um, yeah, <laughs> you've never played Anna, believe me. It is yeah. like impossible to throw grenades uh, and hit anything because your teammates will just jump and catch it like a dog or frisbee. hundred yeah, percent. I don't time. play Anna, but I play Ryan, and I really hate myself when I miss shielding the grenade. I really, oh, really yeah. hate myself. And Anna loves herself, and when I do shield the grenade, she hates herself, and I love myself. So it's a very, 
It's a very give and take <laughs> yeah, relationship. There, I'm, just... I'm gonna I'm gonna do a super cut of just that little bit of speech right there, and just Bob saying, "I really, really hate myself." She hates herself, and I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Zana, I sit there yeah. and I'll watch the Ryan and be like, what's your pattern? Like, do you drop shield every time you jump? Do you drop shield? Like, do you ever, like, hammer and then shield in the middle of it? Like, what are you doing? And then I can find patterns as when to nade them. And then my Winston jumps in front of me, and it doesn't matter. But and that's that's the same. See, that's why you're a grandmaster because if Adam. I was going to throw a grenade, I'm <laughs> well, just like, well, here we and go. I, think, and I guess that's the same <laughs> pattern that a Ryan v Ryan, like 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 the yeah the yeah. first round, like I'm feeling that Ryan out, like I'm gonna miss hammer on like the first one or two, but then after that, I'm gonna hit the next two because I know that Ryan, and that's one of the biggest things about the Ryan v Ryan duel that's really hard is just getting that feel for what that person's gonna do and mm. doing something a little bit off kilter. Cause they're very automatic. You have to be a little bit more proactive. And so I bet yeah. Anna's probably like, now that you mentioned that, like Anna feels like it would be the same with the grenade trying to do that. Sleep dart too. And see, I guess yeah. I you can get not- sleep dart off like a Ryan anytime he fire strikes, which can set up a charge. If your team doesn't immediately wake him up and then you can purple him on top of the charge. Even if Zarya bubbles it like right, Ryan's still in super duper trouble. And if he doesn't bubble it, then the Ryan's at low HP. So if they bubble the purple, so oh, you hurt me right now with right. your talk. It can be brutal when it works, but like, yeah, you hurt me. Eighty <laughs> percent of Ana is is playing against both Ryan's, and I say playing against because like Ryan, your friendly Ryan has so much potential to ruin your day as Ana that it, it's it's <laughs> it sucks. Uh, there's so much potential for your Ryan to just go super aggro the second a tracer's on you and you're not looking and then just die because he's expecting to get burst healed in any second or when he charges in expecting mercy to be able to follow him but you're Ana and you can't see him or when he jumps and catches your grenade right as it's about to hit five people in grav trance oh they uh, <laughs> dude okay i actually I think i think that ana's got such a strange kit and she's in such a weird position because one we're in a burst damage meta uh-huh. and her anti-heal is isn't much good isn't as good in a in a burst damage meta it's a lot better when there's a sta- sustained her heal grenade is damage better like really good that though, can't be healed over time which is what we pointed out a long time ago Right, because Brigida is she's having that sustained healing, that's stopping that sustained healing from going on, and it's hard to burst damage her um, in a mid fight unless you get like a sniper off to the side or something like that. Brigida is one of the outliers, one of the anomalies that isn't taking that burst damage when in a fight. Um, so that that's another part of why she's so weird. Now that she doesn't have her predators out there, like you mentioned earlier. It's do you use her for the kit that she does have? You know, her her biggest thing, her her nade is kind of semi irrelevant, but also kind of good with Zenyatta. Um, and her sleep dart is pretty decent CC, but kind of outclassed by Brigitte right now. It's also so she's reliable. Like- right. And so she's in this weird place where she's got the good burst healing, but there's also burst damage. And, you know, she's got the anti heals, but it's also not that good anymore because there's so much burst damage and everything's so strange. So, so 
it's it's just it's just the interactions and with deciding whether or not the players I, I, I just, are I just so have to, complicated. Real quickly, like to to apologize <laughs> to Ja. We talked to pre-show, and I said I hadn't seen a lot of Annas, but now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking about it. Like I have been Reinhardt uh, Anna bolted unbelievable this season, like an unbelievable amount of time. So. I just but must have been like concentrating on what I was doing and not paying attention to what other people were playing. But like I've literally been Ryan boosted more than I have been since season three with the Beyblade meta where you either did Ryan or Reaper. And like I've literally I've I've had that ult so many times this this season and it really didn't hit me until just now. So I guess I have seen a ton of Anna in the thirty three hundreds. Sorry, like I I was totally wrong about that. Yeah, I, I will say just uh, to that, like statistically, if Overbuff is to be trusted, Anna's pick rate has remained like in the like four point three to four point four percent range for the Overbuff's last six months. Dead. Overbuff's dead since they put out <laughs> looking for group and made profiles private. It's unfortunate, but. I mean, it's default, and only now the people that have turned their profile back on are getting any like overbuff can't uh, can't query now. Yeah, but I mean, just like last six months to last month before that mattered, the pick rates are basically the same. But gotcha. uh, her win rate has gone up significantly uh, after the ammo change. But I just want to give a brief history of Anna because a lot of people don't really understand why she's so bad. So when she first was released and they like reworked her a little bit, she was incredibly strong and was dominant in this like no mobility meta where Lucio was the only speed. And it was like Death Bolt. It was like the perfect situation for Ana. No one was playing Winston. No one was playing Tracer. No one was playing anything that could counter her because they just weren't good enough uh, in that meta environment. And then instead of kind of what they've done now with like a give and take balance approach, or like buffing people's counters kind of occasionally to just shift the meta in ways, releasing a new hero to shake up the meta. They just nerfed her until she wasn't good enough to be played in her perfect meta. And they basically left her the same since then. So like, how do you make her work if she's not powerful so, enough to be justified in her perfect meta over Mercy? Because this is like almost as good as it gets for Ana, And still, you never would play her over Mercy. So... Do right. so do you so do you think that her recent buffs with the uh upgraded ammo and the shooting through targets was a good thing for her and actually has helped her come back in, or do you think it's just the shift in meta that's brought her back in? Uh, I'd say it's always a bit of both. It's never an either or, but I will say the ammo change is great. The shoot through teammates change, I consider a nerf, but for a lot of the player base, it's I've, a buff. I've heard that a lot. But like the, the the lack of ability to start healing a teammate before they start taking damage is a huge deal because the heal happens over 0.9 seconds. It's not just instant 75. So you can lose teammates that way very easily. Um, especially since one of Ana's main disadvantages over Mercy is that Mercy can click and be healing instantly. Ana has to scope in for 0.25 seconds and then shoot or fire a dart that has to travel. 
So, and, and it is a hot, it is a heal over time. And so you're talking not being able to pre-heal those yeah. targets has, has been what's hurting you. Yeah, so I'm, like... I'm just, clear, I'm just clarifying for the listeners. Yeah, of course. I, so I think it's better overall than she was before. I think the ammo change is better than that, like, quote-unquote nerf. And it's a thing that kind of, like, helps her skill floor out uh, a good bit so lower-level players can play more. So I'm not, like, super upset about it. But what Ana needs is just, like, so many quality of life changes overall. Like, there's no reason why Grenade needs to explode in my hand because the teammate's behind me. There's no need for Sleep Dart to take point hold on, five. Hold on, hold on, stop there, stop there. Uh, it explodes your hit. Is that a bug? No, like it's just the hitbox. So like when you start throwing it, it starts in your character model, and the hitbox is so big that if there's a teammate close enough to you, it just pops instantly. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's wow. a nightmare, okay. and like it, it seems that, that like a good tip, man. It seems like it's kind of like the hitbox for shooting teammates. Um, where it's like just huge. So even if it doesn't touch their character model, it just pops. So it's it's a nightmare to throw it around teammates. So that needs to be the collision needs to be reduced on that. Her hip fire, there's no reason it needs to be that bad against enemies. Like it has terrible DPS. It's a damage over time. It's a moderate speed projectile with a hit scan sized hitbox. Anna's hip fire has no projectile bonus for being for its its hitbox. It's exactly the same as shooting as McCree, except you have to also account the travel time in. And it does slower, like, you know, slower fire rate. DOT gets, like, uh, cleansed, uh, can get healed through. If just, her hit fire, if her hip fire was hit scan, though, don't you think that would? Make I don't her, think like, it should be hit scan. No, no, it shouldn't be hit scan. It's just against enemies. It should be maybe a little bigger. That's all I'm saying. Uh, maybe gotcha, make gotcha. Just it like it's just uh, we could make it like Hanzo size, you know, tree trunk arrow size. It doesn't need to be that big. <laughs> maybe more on the side of like Torbjorn left click. Just a little bit of leniency, so you don't have to pixel perfect hit the enemy with a. Torbjorn left click is so much bigger than the Hanzo arrow. Is it? I don't know. Yes, I don't see Torbjorn is. enough. I just assumed it was. Torbjorn is like uh, mini, uh, whatever mini, is just like a uh, mini Reaper with log rage, is what Torbjorn is. <laughs> but, uh, and then I, I also feel like she should maybe move a little faster scoped in. I feel like it kind of sucks that you're you're forced to scope a lot of the time and Tracer sees you scoped. It's a guaranteed one clip because you move so slow. Uh, there's just a lot of really little oh. things they could change about it. Question: do you, do you not like hype up your uh, your scoped in speed? It was a uh, no. Her movement, movement speed. speed is slow. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about, talking about like, scope, uh, scope. Uh, not why I'm blanking. Relative scope. scoped uh, sensitivity. Is what you're saying? Yes, about, right? sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that was one of the tips we got from the different uh, prepared to attack widows is that you turn your scope accuracy or your scoped sense up so that it feels the same as if you're aiming normal. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about at all. That's it's like if gotcha, tracer gotcha, sees okay. you and you're scoped in, you're moving like you're high nooned, like you're a guaranteed easy pick. Uh, so oh, you actually move slower. Well, like oh, you, your actual physical character. And on top of that, you like lower your head out so it's even easier to shoot and you're like a tighter ball because you're like crouching. And that was. And your head doesn't bob. Oh, I didn't know that, dude. 
Yeah, so it's it's super easy to kill Anna while she's scoped in. So if you gave her just some more speed, made her hip fire maybe a little bit bigger, uh, made her nade possible like easier to throw around teammates, or maybe even just prevent it from popping on teammates at some like if if just like a lot of quality of life changes like that could go so far for making Anna more playable against her counters. Cause like if she had a hip fire that wasn't pixel perfect against the hardest hero to hit tracer, then she might have a chance. If sleep dart wasn't like was nerfed, but it didn't take half a second to cast so that any hero with mobility could dodge it on reaction or reflect it or block it or whatever. Um, or maybe even if they just obscured the animation so you couldn't just like a bunch of little changes would be a huge help for Anna. So she's up until recently, she was either the first or second lowest win rate hero in the game since season five. How much would you charge me to just watch my stream and be in discord with me and tell me what I need to do to counter different things? Cause like <laughs> we can, we can talk about unreal stream. food. Like you are, you are the man, man. I'm just like, I'm sitting here in awe this whole episode. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Bob was over there just silently mouthing in Owen Wilson. All right, yeah, if anyone's wow. listening wants to hire me, wow. uh, I'm, open to that. I'm not sure I want to get into like pay me to coach you, but if an opportunity came, I to to be if I knew I could make a go of that, I'd do it. And you just like you'd really just have some yeah. unbelievable insight on the game, and it's 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 truly. Like it's truly humble. It's truly humbling, man. Like, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna clip it a little earlier, but I was just like, I'm gonna get all this out of his system. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. just, just constant question after question. I'm not gonna I, I I believe in education. I'm not one to stop discovery. So um but thank you very much for, for everything uh, coming onto the show and just blessing us with your insight on everything. Because uh, everybody who's listening to this episode is going to walk away uh, being a yeah, bit smarter. There, there's a lot of stuff you brought up that I hadn't thought of, and I know that really nobody else a ton has thought of, of stuff here. I hadn't thought of. And like I feel like I really pay attention to everybody's thoughts in the community <laughs> and really just pay attention to a lot of stuff and. and Stuff you've said tonight, Fu, you have had multiple times where I'm like, I didn't even fucking think of that. Holy shit. And that's why he's GM and we're... No, I mean, I've watched GM streams. (laughs) I've watched GM YouTubers. Like, they talk about all kinds of things. But, man, Fu, you need to start a YouTube, my friend. You really do. I'll I'll think about it. My uh, second account is called... Just just don't start <laughs> another podcast. Oh, please. we can cross oh, promote. God. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, dude, I am the king of cross prom- prom- promoting. Ask anybody. Like, I am a cross promoting motherfucker. Yeah, I named my second account Peak Potato because that's kind of what I consider myself. Like, mechanically, especially aim wise, I'm not very good. Outside of like Mercy One Tricks, <laughs> I have some of the worst aim, like mechanically in GM. But the way I like compensate for that is sitting down and just thinking of these interactions and trying to find out like the optimal ways. Uh, like ML7 basically does that for Ana. I'm nowhere on his level of like analyzing Ana, but if you ever want to look into him, like his insight on why he is positioning in this exact spot against their exact team comp with his exact team comp because this ultimate, it's just like, how are you thinking about this many moving pieces in um, 10 seconds? Like, 
Dude, uh, a, another person I would say is <laughs> similar to that with Ada specifically is Sky is Skyline. He was one of the first guests we had oh. on this show, one of the first high caliber guys. And like he is very similar to that. I mean, he's one of the guys that pi that pi that pioneered Anna as good when everybody thought she was bad when she was first re released. Mm-hmm. So he's also another one. Yeah, I remember long back before I uh, was GM and I was watching YouTube channels. I kind of realized all of them were terrible, but Skyline was the one where I was always like, "Yeah, I, I, that everything seems right or at least reasonable." <laughs> Yeah, he was always a little dry, but oh boy, yeah, that his, was the one thing. Like, he, his <laughs> insight was unreal. <laughs> he's too he's too busy <laughs> being insightful to be entertaining, Bob. Uh, he, was, he was entertaining in things. He was just he was just a little dry yeah. as all. I would say he was definitely entertaining. Like I watched definitely like I watched very few like twenty minute plus YouTube videos, and I've watched a lot of his twenty minute plus YouTube videos. Okay. That's why you can't say the wrong thing to Bob because he'll just like go back and reanalyze it and pick it apart. It's hey, okay. Man. Hey, man. Sorry. Sometimes it's you okay. Don't get you're making a joke. It's something that people at work would say to me. They'd be like, yeah. what? they'd make a joke. And I'd be like, well, no, what you actually need to do to change this is do this, 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 or this. Thing. Bob, Bob, it's a joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> work mode. You get me in analytical mode and I. Yeah. Like the jokes turn off in my head. So my apologies. The fun <laughs> stops <Just> here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, but then, like once again, like I said, thank you very much for for you know everything, you know, all the insights you provided on this episode. It's I'm pretty sure people will be listening and prepared to attack, yeah. Right, so happy to do it's fun yeah so we're gonna and i, I want to oh, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead. You go. i just want to have a closing thought to end it to sure. solidify the prediction that there will be a comp called hamster bowl that's orissa <laughs> ham uh hammond and that is going to be where hammond is played okay Please, if i'm wrong do not come look at this but if i'm right everyone put this on reddit did you see the thing where day one uh some streamers did the whole uh the whole esports racing thing where they were like on Junkertown no. at six Hammonds go from spawn racing to, to the end. And the caster was like, and so, so cuts to the lead. Oh, it's so, so swings around the back. It, it was really funny. Mm. No, I have you, not. You definitely have to though. just uh, search Hammond race and you will find it. All right, All right, so we're going to go ahead and start closing up. Kinder is taking his tie I'm off. sweating and- balls over here. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's hot. So it's, it's time to start closing this thing up. No weekly updates this week. Um, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Xbox game night, all three of you. <laughs> it was all we had. A, we had a great time. I'm really glad you guys, um, you know, we had a chance to play. Uh, that being said, uh, we are going to be trying to do more game nights on the Xbox for now. Um, Mel Yeti has volunteered to kind of take the lead on that. So, you know, we're not, nice, you know, we're nice. not going to, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, he's going to be trying to organize games on either Friday or Saturday night. We're going to, you know, see how it goes, see if we can get more interest on the X, uh, on the Xbox for more game nights. 
And uh, yeah, I, I would definitely hop into our Discord, which I'll get into a little bit later, but also join the uh, the Watchpoint Radio Overwatch group on Xbox if you want more info on that. Uh, there'll be more details coming. But thanks, guys, for you know hopping on, and we had a we had a good time playing Quick Play. I didn't want to hop into Comp because I didn't want to tank anybody's SR because I haven't played on Xbox in so long. So um, that being said, I did not forget about the PS4. I am looking to do a PS4 game night this Friday, um, Friday the 13th. Uh, what did we do? A, I think we did it on Friday the 13th before. I can't remember. <laughs> I have to go back and look at that. Uh, but yeah, I want to do it on Friday the 13th if possible. Uh, if, and it's kind of short notice, so if we don't get a lot of people, then maybe I'll do two PlayStation ones this month. But uh, Friday the 13th, probably starting around 9 o'clock. Again, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully, you know, you guys can show up there and, you know, we'll have a good time. Bob, any more community events like game nights coming up? Um, uh, I don't think there is a game night that I know of this weekend. Um, Calvary game night was last weekend. Omnic Lab will be at the end of the month last week, uh, last weekend of the month, like normal. Uh, I don't believe... The uh, Overwatch League Network has got one coming up. I, uh, I don't think anything's coming up. Okay. All right, then. Uh, then we'll just keep it moving. Uh, always bring up Prepare to Attack at the end of the shows. If you have not listened to Prepare to Attack, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should just go to the uh, Mattress Buttons website or on iTunes. Any place you get watch more radio, you can probably get Prepare to Attack. So I'll check that out, and you can get more direct insight from foo on anna mercy and uh zenyatta all great episodes and moira, and moira sorry <laughs> i thought i said yeah, moira. just happened to not mention the episode that i did yeah <laughs> my bad. i could have swore I, I, it's getting leaked i could have swore i said moira first sorry about that um yeah I'm we kidding. if you are uh just listening to the show you're not on the live stream we do live stream every tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time we'd love to have you here so join us on twitch.tv slash buttons at 9 p.m eastern standard time we love to hear about your overwatch stories so we'll get to our contact info a little bit later but if you have you know overwatch stories send them over to us and like i said we have a ps4 club and a ps4 community and our xbox one club both called watchpoint radio overwatch and we'd love to have you there, as well as on our Discord, like I mentioned earlier, which is discord.me slash buttons. And I always like to bring up Heroes of Overwatch, which is a great Facebook community if you play Overwatch. Uh, doesn't matter what platform and whether you're just looking for news, memes, or looking for people to play with, check out Heroes of Overwatch. I'd like to thank everybody. You were actually called out on Heroes of Overwatch the other day. Yes, by Dave Space Dream. I told him I'll be playing. He wasn't able to make it to the game night, but I will make an extra effort to do placements this season. I haven't placed on a console since season eight. So I'm just going to so, put it together. Yeah, if it. you joined Heroes of, Over- of Overwatch, we do talk there. So come on in. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on, you know, not a podcast platform, mostly just like SoundCloud or something like that, we are available on multiple podcast platforms on iOS and Android. Just search for Watchpoint Radio on your favorite podcast platform of choice, and it'll probably show up. If it does not, you can also grab the RSS feed for uh, the show on MashlessButtons.com, so you can definitely check that out. The Twitter for this show is Twitter.com slash Watchpoint Radio, but you can also find us on Twitter.com slash MTV site. 
facebook.com slash mash those buttons and youtube.com slash mash those buttons uh you guys want to give out your socials how you want me to go first this time all right uh you can find me on twitter at nerf kinder plus pls and you can also find the fragging out stuff uh twitter.com or twitter at fragging out pod pod also www.fraggingout.com and discord.me slash fragging out for all of that good stuff. I do a few different podcasts. I'll recap, prepare to attack. You can find out all that information on Twitter at blazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, that's the first time I've messed I this know. up. You can, okay, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter at blazon underscore bob. That's b l a z z i n underscore b o b. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Church of Jaw, and I stream on this channel. So, like I said, you can just follow twitch.tv slash mash those buttons, and you'll see me streaming sometimes, playing horribly. Sometimes I play horribly on stream. I wish I played. You can- Go ahead. And you can see him put me in my place at times on the on, on the stream. Oh like, man, that was so. There. We got to talk about that next show. That whole triggering event that happened. There. Hey man, you it were was so uh, drunk. It was a, <laughs> yeah. It was it, it it was a bad to put it concise. It 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 was a bad way for me to argue my point. And Jaw handled it perfectly, muted me, saved me from embarrassing myself on his stream, and really was the consummate professional of the whole thing. So thank you, Jaw. Looking after back I yelled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, either way, like the crap that I said after would have been much more embarrassing. So thank you. Yeah. Like you, like you were the consummate professional. Thank you. Those of you no that problem. saw that bit and are coming to the show now wondering, I wonder if they still have beef. Apparently not. <laughs> no, no. John, John and I are like, are like brothers at this point, man. Like I, like I would do anything for this guy. Like, uh, like just because I, I was an asshole to him one night doesn't mean I don't love him. Ja. And I would do oh, anything for You know ja. I had to do it, John. Ja. Front it right was, into podcast. Can't get him started. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even gonna like really. I wasn't even gonna really bring it up, but it was it was a heated situation, and it was handled in that situation. Like there's no ongoing drama or beef. Sorry, I didn't you mean know? to bring thank it up. You, you didn't like, want seriously, to. dude. It's I can't. Like, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for muting me. And saving me from that on stream. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, dude. Seriously, thank you. No problem. Because like, I like I was off kilter, and I was just fucking spouting shit out. And like, thank you. No That's problem. all I gotta say. Yeah, it, it worked out well. I, mean, I, I did it for both of us because <laughs> things could have got much worse. But everything was everything's all good. Um. Now that's and Fufu, you still you're not you don't have any social info to give out, correct? Uh, okay. You can find me on the top Anna players on Overbuff <laughs> as Super Spud. Hey, uh, we don't do Overbuff here. Uh, we do uh, OmnicMeta.com. <laughs> is that out of beta yet? That's not out of beta yet, is it? Does that oh, say I'm not. a top yeah, Anna player? Not, if not, sorry. I can't recommend it. Sorry, yeah, yeah. His, uh, his stat tracker is not out of beta yet. Sorry. Yeah, like you're a little early on the I trigger, Bob. I will pimp Bob. that later. I will pimp that later. <laughs> yeah, I will, for those who don't know, OmnicMeta.com is is putting out a stat tracker, which is actually it's pretty good. I like it. I like it. It's just not out of beta yet, so that'll be available for, to more people when uh, Switch is ready for that. Um. So yeah, 
So besides being a top Anna player, that's that's the only social info you got for us, Foo. But yeah, I I don't have a, a Twitter, Facebook, or stream. Maybe maybe at some point I'll pick up streaming or YouTube. Dude, you should we'll pick up YouTube, dude. You are too good to not be making money off this, man. Do it. Like, like, come on, man. Like, Stylosa. Like, come on. Speaking <laughs> of, we need some. We need some presence of here. You Stylosa, did you, did you see the beef stuff. with him and Ragtag? Well, dude, I did. Cool. But Ragtag <laughs> handled it like he a professional. Did. I'm so and proud Ragtag of him. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do this in, like, per, in, in post show. Yeah, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this next week because. Jaw has right, no idea right. what we're talking about. Yeah, we'll I'm get Jaw up to date, and we will talk about Dude, this. I'm next trying week. to close up the show. Right, we'll pick this up next so, week. Please, please, thank you. Anyway, uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. Well, the best way to help us out is to rate and review the show, and to share the show with others. We are, appreciate everybody who gives us ratings and reviews. Thank you very much. If you want to take that step a bit further? You can become a subscriber on Twitch. Uh, which is uh, very helpful to us. You can also buy merch from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash match those buttons. Uh, you, uh, you can show everybody that the meta is not gospel via mug or shirt or hoodie. So we, you know, we appreciate that. And also you can become a Patreon, a patron, uh, which is a tremendous help. And all of those, you know, all those avenues go to both Watchpoint Radio and Prepare to Attack. Um, Got plan. I keep on saying I'm I'm gonna put the uh, the um uh, the roadmap on Patreon. I just haven't had a chance yet because we're kind of too busy working on things to do so. So I'm I'm definitely gonna get that done. I'm gonna try to get that done this week so that people who are you know contributing kind of can kind of know what we're looking to do. But we thank everybody for their support. It's awesome. Thank you guys very much. And I encourage everybody to check out mashesbuttons.com slash shows to see our other podcasts we have available. We have two World of Warcraft podcasts, one about lore, story and lore, and another about, you know, general news. We have a Division podcast, which, I mean, the Division's been heating up since December. Like, they, like they've had a constant increase in players. And then after E3 and the Children of Division 2, triple the amount of players. So uh, if you are, are one of the new guys who have just gotten into Division, check out Sit Rep Radio. I'm just going to go out and say that it is the best division podcast on the internet. And we also have Double Tap, which is for fighting games, which that is the number one fighting game podcast, according to Google. So thank you very much. Check those is guys really? out. They're awesome. Damn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Num- the that. number one host, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crash Tag. Dude is amazing. I didn't just realize they were out. number one. Impressive. And if you could find a picture of him without sunglasses, I want it. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you actually if you follow Pop Tart's Instagram, she posted a picture that says if you want to see what uh you know what crash tag looks like without glasses, it's a picture of him without glasses, but she put a black mark over his eyes. <laughs> oh that fucking oh, that fucking turd. Oh yeah. <laughs> so but uh yeah, like I said, thank you guys for listening. I know it was a long show, but it has packed event with information. Thanks to Foo. Thank you very much again, Foo, for coming on and then talking with us. And uh and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Dude, Later. Later. Later.